0: It's a sled Wade in the edit booth Hello in Excelsior The episode you're about to hear regards the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe but as of May 2018 so this was recorded after Avengers Infinity War was released but not before Ant-Man and the Wasp so while we'll be giving our favorite lists, our top and bottom threes of all these different categories, they won't have considered Ant-Man and the Wasps to be in that mix. So just let you know, we'll say there's 19 films. You know there's 20. You know there's 20 at this point, unless you're listening to the future and you know there's 87, but, um, but you're living in a better world than I. It also precedes the recent uh, Avengers Endgame trailer release. And also the passing of uh, the great Stan, the man Lee. Both of those things we'll probably get into in our part two of the Marvel cinematic universe discussion. We recorded a part two and we thought this was the best episode we'd ever done. And right as we were wrapping it up, my computer crashed and we lost it all. Uh, I learned a lot that day about uh, not getting too caught up in your own awesomeness to um, save the program every now and again. So, Anyway, we're going to try to make a show as entertaining as we believe that one had been. Uh, But until then, please enjoy the MCU review. Is the MCU review coming right at you, part one.
1: Dead, the box contains his wife's head. Vader's his father. They're allergic to water. She's a sister and her daughter. You Watched It Wrong. Podcasting
0: voice. (coughs) (coughs) Hi, welcome to You Watched It Wrong. My name is Wade. And I am Siggy. And this is the
1: podcast where the both of us have watched something or maybe lots of things
0: and then we discuss them until you all turn us off it's been known to happen uh this episode is a very special one to us it's the entire marvel cinematic universe all so far 19 films or 18 i believe so 19. 19 films so far as of may 2018 19 films Why are we talking? It's a lot of films. Now, there are other series that have had more. Say, the Bond series is at 25. And um, Bond certainly has a lot of loose continuity. And certainly, they all didn't happen in the space of 10 years, which this one did. Right. Uh, 11 if you're not committing the fence post error.
1: What's the fence post error? So it's been 11 years because you count 2008 as a year and 2018 as a year. And then there's nine (laughs) years between those years. So it's ten yeah. years if you start from two thousand and eight, but you have to include two thousand and eight because we,
0: two movies came out in that year. Are we including the production time and the time to secure the financing? Because then that might be that might be over ten. That is over ten years. That that's probably over ten years. Yeah. Yeah. We were you're just talking release date to release date, yeah. But eleven years is
1: already over ten years. That was my <laughs> point to begin with. We didn't have to add
0: those things. Work up. Oh, I'm sorry. A little bit later on, we'll be uh, walking you through our top three and bottom three of various aspects of the MCU, a.k.a. MCU. But for right now, Siggy, what does the MCU mean uh, to you? What does the spirit
1: of the Marvel Cinematic Universe mean to you? Well, let's see. We just had an episode uh, where we covered Avengers Infinity War, And we touched on this there, but maybe someone listening to this episode hasn't listened to that one. So please forgive us those of you who dud as we recap a little bit. You and I, um, Wade, are like many of our listeners and uh, others out there where uh, these are the movies that we were hoping that we'd get to see, like, all our childhoods Mm -hmm. and adolescence. And uh, And adulthood. uh, Post-prolonged adolescence. That's correct. And sustaining anything f- for one film is an accomplishment. Um, sustaining something for nineteen films is um, kind of boggles the mind, actually. And I think it's just to it's step back from even the content. Just the idea of the studio system, like coming back. If you had told me, like in the '90s during like the heyday of, uh, you know, Miramax independent film, uh, that the studio system was going to come back and like. We're going to get back to the kind of a factory system of of churning out films. It would have sounded like a nightmare scenario, yeah. right? Like, there's no way it could be good. So the fact that we've had that, where it's just kind of like an assembly line process, where it's very producer-driven and studio-driven and not director-driven, not really screenwriter-ridden, you could argue that the Russo brothers and uh, uh, the, the, the guys who wrote uh, the Avengers movies and the Civil War movies are an exception. Whose name is I don't remember, but you do.
0: Uh Oh, Anthony and Joe Russo, and then Marcus and Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, I think.
1: But you could argue that these are all Kevin Feige movies. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an executive-driven system, and it works. And why does it work? It works because they get the tone right. You know, it was a template set by an auteur. You know, John Favreau, with the first Mm -hmm. Iron Man film. And then uh, the Incredible Hulk didn't follow that template, but they recognized that and like course corrected very quickly, and yeah. said, "No, the the Iron Man template is the one we're going to run with." And they like they correctly identified what it was that made that a success. And think of how many how many times like Hollywood studio system tries to reproduce a hit over and over and over again and just can't do it, they can't recapture that magic. The fact that they have, like they they have figured out mm-hmm. quickly, quickly along in the process what it was that made Iron Man special. Credit credit Favreau for, for yeah. discovering that, but credit Feige for recognizing it and investing in it, putting mm-hmm. his resources behind extending that.
0: You know Well like you got Anthony and Joe Russo Work so well In this Because they are They They have made films before But they're They have majority of the work Has been in the TV Production system Where as a TV director Everything is established And you kind of Walk in As a freelancer And like Kind of run the show for a bit and then walk out. Right. You're and executing
1: like, the vision,
0: right. Of something else. That's already yeah. a, a well-oiled machine. The actors know their characters. They all know this. Stuff, they all know <laughs> their particular mix of creative force and ability to work that way really shows why they are The kind of the best fit for the, for the Marvel machine. However, you know, some art, some auteurs have not fared as well, or at least had less pleasant times. However, at the same time, this is a machine that allows for some auteurs to do a little more, to have a little more hand in it, like um, to have these studio, big studio franchise pictures that are both written and directed by a filmmaker, yeah, like Joss Whedon, and then Gunn, who made his most personal movie with Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. a huge studio franchise movie built in this world universe of all these other movies where they're trying to maintain a particular tone. He was able to do that. Now, I think seeing Guardians 2, I'm going to make the case that uh, the original screenwriter, um, the person who did the first draft, first couple drafts, uh, Nicole Perlman, I think she. it, it kind of shows that she had a lot more in... <laughs> in the success of guardian script than uh then they they wanted to purport but anyway i just i'm just fascinated and and enthralled that one they made really smart choices they did favreau and then they had Kenneth Branagh do one they had you know Josh Whedon and then Shane Black and then they got like filmmakers like yeah. really, who have really strong points of view and fit them into this machine of production and they all kind of find their
1: space to like push that universe into like expand it into tonally and sort of thematically into adding dimensions to the,
0: to the, to the universe. Adding dimensions. That is because like, there's no reason why Captain America, Thor, the Hulk and Iron Man should ever be in the same room together. Right. And not only do they all tonally match, where they can exist in the same place, they also affect each other beautifully. They're not just a crossover event where it's like, oh, isn't this, it's event television where, you know, the cast of ER is with the cast of Law and Order. Isn't that interesting? It's, they affect each other's worlds, not just the people. The worlds are affected. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool it's super
1: cool and it's like just so carefully constructed it's so you know the details are so thoughtfully worked out
0: one of one of my favorite things behind the scenes Marcus and Feely for Captain America: Winter Soldier's second Captain America film came to the idea that they were going to have shield had been infested by hydra this is what we think we, should, we was best for this movie and they went to Kevin Feige and they go, this is what we're thinking about doing. Can think We can do this. Now, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had been in its first season. So if they're doing this shared universe thing, and these guys came in and said, hey, we want to make S.H.I.E.L.D. corrupt, mm-hmm. that would certainly affect this other property. And here's what they said. It went like this. We asked them if we could make S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, have Hydra and then take down S.H.I.E.L.D. And he, go, and he goes, can we do that? And he goes, hold on a second. <laughs> Foggy went away. A few minutes later, he came back in and said, yeah, go for it. <laughs> which is probably how it's
1: done, like, in the Marvel bullpen, right? Right. And like, I want to then... have Aunt May be kidnapped by right. Dr. <laughs> Octopus for, like, a six-issue arc. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well, this, we have we other get... stories coming up that need Aunt May.
0: Right. You know? And then, think of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which, which debuted and was, I don't know how everyone else felt about it, but I was kind of let down by the whole thing the events of Winter Soldier suddenly radically changed their show and actually gave certain characters something to freaking do <laughs> the a character because <laughs> they were now duplicitous. And you had all this, it, it energized that show in a way that I don't think it would have otherwise.
1: Awesome. <laughs> so so what is it that the, that the studio system that's turning all this out, other than like the careful... Other than everything we just talked about for five minutes. What, so what else? Like um, if it weren't for all the that interconnectedness, I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. a virtue in that they're all like enriching each other and adding depth to to the world um, and sort of in- introducing stakes where maybe there wouldn't have been others before. Um, I would say uh, like the real strengths, the things I got right, like right away um, uh, in this MCU were the tone um, which is how do you describe the tone it, it's it's been written about so often I, I feel like I've kind of lost the way to ex- express it just sort of the um, bright colors um, uh, fun um, quippy um, not taking itself too seriously and really being about the characters more than anything you know, making the characters yes. at the at the center of it,
0: which I read one critic complain that it was a bad idea to make these action adventure movies character driven. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> I
1: mean, I guess like, and that must be someone who doesn't enjoy the MCU, you know, because no. that's what that's what it is. A
0: lot of critics, what you said, and they the movies, the uh, characters in the movies enrich each other. Other people would say it, they're strangling the movie's ability to be its own with franchise building, which to me, I don't I, I can only think of a few cases where that may have caused some issues, but I can't understand why building out a valid world would be in, in any way considered strangling. I mean, they're, they're just trying to say, this movie can't exist as a movie. Well, I mean, Like I said before in the last podcast, movies can be different things.
1: But I could see, you know, if you, if you want to go to the, on a whim, go to the movies last weekend
0: mm-hmm.
1: and say, okay, I'm in the mood for action. And, you know, eight of the 16 screens at your Cineplex are Infinity War. And you just happens to, that you've never seen another Marvel movie. Mm-hmm that's not going to be a great option for you. Right. No. Yeah. So, I mean, there's an argument there, um, that it does require a certain kind of, uh, it makes it intimidating. Like, where's my entree? Where's my, where's my entry yeah. point into this thing that now like will take up you know, 40 hours of my life to, <laughs> to, to for take some, in, you know, which
0: for some a lot more. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that's, if you don't watch the TV shows, like I stopped doing, um, you know, I I think there's an argument there, and I think there have been times when the plots have been kind of sandbagged by, um, mm. by the world building a little bit, or just having too many characters to to deal with. Some, some of these filmmakers do a better job of juggling all those characters, mm. and others, um, or even the same filmmaker from movie to movie, does a better or worse job. But I think at at heart, what these movies are really about is. Uh, Hanging out with these fun characters, mm-hmm. who are fun to spend time with, and um, and for them, they're not in a superhero movie; they're right. just they're just in an action movie or they're in whatever kind of movie they're in. And um, I talked about it uh, at, in the last episode about how, and this is in contrast to the comic books, like they don't call each other Iron Man or even give mm-hmm. each other nicknames like Shellhead, right? <laughs> He's, he's just Tony. Right. He's Tony. You know, they're on first name basis with each other.
0: I like that the, MC, the, the MCU is not adapting a book, it's adapting a world. And that's what I love. Um, and to one more point a friend of mine uh, was having an argument with someone else about the Green Lantern flop, Ryan Reynolds he was talking about what you needed to do in a green lantern movie to make it work and his friend basically said yeah i know you got to please the fans you got to do the thing for the fans and then my friend exploded he goes no 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 fuck the fans i don't care about the fans what you do is you look at what makes a character want to be read for over 75 years something about the character of green lantern has been potent enough to to resonate with people that he's been read for 75 years. If you're making a movie of it, why would you take that part out? He's got a point. He's got a great point. That's why you've got a Feige who is in charge. In charge of everything and overseeing everything all the way down. Other studio superhero franchises, which will remain nameless, We'll have someone be a consultant with no power. What franchise are you afraid of offending? (laughs) I don't want the murder verse after me. (laughs) But then the revolving studio heads who are trying to protect their stock options rather than make movies, they're the head of of making the overall decision, which messes it up. Whereas Feige has, has gotten into this position because he loves it and because he wants to see the stuff work. That's my belief, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I, I completely uh, concur with your exuberance over the fact that a major Hollywood studio system has created a machine to churn out content, and it's great. <laughs> Who would have thought? You know,
1: even when it's not great, it's you know it's like it's pizza. Still... Even bad pizza, it's still pizza.
0: Yeah, the bottom most. This list was hard. The, doing the bottoms uh, three was a very hard thing to do because I put the movies in the bottom and I'm like, but I'll still, wa- I still like these. <laughs> I still like these movies. I there's not one that I hate or think is terrible. So it's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's like pizza, it's still.
1: Well, it sounds still... like I disliked my bottom three more than you disliked yours. <laughs> but let's, uh, so let's get into this, shall let's we? Let's get into it. Okay, let's start with the big ones. Top Our top three, three
0: movies. movies. Of the 19. All right. By the way, should we read off what those 19 are? Yes, do it. it All right, so they are Phase 1, Iron Man, Credible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America the First Avenger, Marvel's the Avengers, then Phase 2, Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, Phase 3, Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok black panther and avengers infinity war okay let's get into it okay i um
1: i had six i wrestled with (laughs) yeah (laughs) i had six i wrestled with to get to my top three
0: i had one two three four five six seven eight i had eight i wrestled with okay all right so what's your number three well, let me first say the the ones that I wrestled with that didn't, no, I didn't no, ultimately no, get in there. We'll
1: figure that out. Okay. Right.
0: My number three and this was this was tough. Man. Captain America Civil War. Okay. So make your case.
1: Um unless you don't feel it no, unless you think it speaks for itself, which maybe it does when I
0: first saw it it seemed like pure ice cream. And I loved it. That's when it was done. I instantly was sad I didn't own it. Like I wanted a Blu-ray of it right that second.
1: You can't have your ice cream and eat it too.
0: And I walked out feeling like some things were clumsy and some things were, you know, not uh, ideal. As time went on, I started to see its strengths and the things I thought were weaknesses were actually really, really impressive. Like how they get Spider-Man into the mix, I thought was pretty clumsy. What really makes it interesting to me is where Tony is at this point in his life that he would put this kid into the mix with all these other, like, deadly people, uh, untested, uncertain, with him having no stake in this other than just being impressed and overwhelmed by Tony Stark's presence. And he wants to help. And he wants to help. So, like, the more I thought about it, the more I genuinely really liked that. Why this movie. Rates above some of the others that I thought sure would be in the top three, the writing of the scenes where they are debating the Sokovia Accords among themselves, and way that the action scenes are so are staged. Both are equally complex and fascinating, and it just all. and And while I thought it was kind of weird to forced with uh, the kissing of Sharon Carter, that wasn't totally out of line. I just like me some Peggy, I just like me some cap and Peggy what am I What do I want the guy to do? you know, yeah, it's kind of weird going after the niece. Kind of weird. Like it that. felt like it felt obligatory more than natural, I guess, but we kind okay. of wonder is is cap still a virgin at this point? Oh gosh,
1: you know I've never considered
0: that? that question because he he might very well be
1: for all we know, all of these characters are virgins.
0: None None of of them, no, for a fact, Tony is not. <laughs> uh, except for Ant-Man. Ant-Man's the only one that oh, is procreated, got, yep. right? He's got a daughter, yeah. Ant-Man and Tony, that's that's pretty much it.
1: I mean, Tony might just be giving oral. We don't know.
0: He might be the bizarro DJ Khaled. Topical reference <laughs> for sorry. May
1: 2018. Uh, okay, so Civil War, Captain America Civil War.
0: Yeah. Captain
1: America, parentheses, Avengers, colon, Civil War, was not in my top six. Um, what wasn't my top three was Avengers. Mm. Um, that, this, that was that this was originally
0: in my top my third place. Yeah, this
1: this is this was a hard one for me, and I it was it's sort of begrudgingly in my top three because I do think it is overrated. I think. Oh really? <laughs> well, mm. because and I've I've brought this up in some previous episode, but what most people praise as all the great things about Avengers. They're there, but they were already done in X Two X-Men United or X-Men two and done better. I think, um, in for the most Mm. part, I, I still, that's still my favorite superhero movie overall. Um, but Avengers like is a great, does a lot of things really well, you know, juggling all the characters, handling the different, you know, Different variations in tone and making them mesh and like form a, uh, a beautiful tapestry, um, or I don't know, and like you know having them play off each other in fun and interesting ways, um, uh, even before like the superheroes really get involved, like just the uh, the opening sequence of Loki stealing the, the tesseract from uh, Hawkeye and uh, Nick Fury and uh, uh, Hill, Hill, Maria Agent Hill. Hill. Yeah um like that's a thrilling scene to me you oh, know yeah. it's witty and it's funny possessing hawkeye right away and turning him to the bad side is like was a smart kind of chess move of well mm-hmm. how do i balance like the board out so i don't have too many people in the same place trying to do the same thing like give you know right um it like and, puts characters on different yeah. vectors
0: um, and it also justifies why hawkeye who is is does not have the same while he's extraordinary he does not have the same power level as any of the other avengers it gives him a stake to want to demand to be in that place because he had been over and yet he
1: gets like a fucking awesome action scene where oh he god he totally <laughs> infiltrates the helicarrier and takes it down with a bow and arrow yeah and <laughs> you know bow and arrow. And it's it is awesome. Um, yeah. Also, uh, it diagnoses like this is the first time we have more than one superhero like in their garb doing superhero thing. And what is the first thing they all do? They have fight each other.
0: Yeah. They and fight and each it's
1: other. great. It's so like yeah. very entertaining
0: and satisfying and funny. Um, That's a great fight. That um, uh, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America battle in the woods. Yeah. I really love that. Touch me again, and Iron Man goes. Then don't take my stuff. <laughs> D- does mother know you weareth her drapes right and so that's the scene like
1: yeah. uh where you're it, like that's okay, right this... out of the comics i would imagine it feels like it. <laughs> and, right and so that's the scene that that fight in the forest is where you're like okay joss whedon gets it like he yeah, gets he gets, it. he gets what the avengers is about right mm-hmm. um or just what marvel is about and uh i'd say it's begrudging not just because of the ex- to comparison, and I think that movie's neglected um, with age, uh, but also just the Chitari are such a lame. Yeah, of all the hordes are. of bad guys, they're one of the lamest hordes of bad guys we've had to deal yeah. with. And I find the choice kind of unforgivable that, like, the giant, snaky yeah. flying thing flies Whales. down, and you're like, it's terrifying looking. And then the first time anybody encounters it, like, the Hulk just stops it with one hand, and like, <laughs> oh, these things are pretty easy to stop (laughs) just like (laughs) push its head in the ground and it gives up you know like (laughs) and uh, all for the sake of one line of dialogue and right yeah what's what's your secret and like okay well that's banner needs his own little mini arc and so that's going to be the completion arc but like that immediately throws away the threat of the chitauri and so that whole battle has like Really nice character moments for everybody, which yeah, really, really saves does. it, especially for Cap and Captain especially America. Especially
0: for Cap, that's one of my favorites. Yeah,
1: that's one of my favorite scenes is like him, t- the cops saying like, "Who the hell are you?" And then why he's should like, we listen to you? Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa.
0: And like because all right, I wouldn't listen hey, to me.
1: Listen to me say Captain America things, <laughs> and like, hey, you bet, you know. Um, and so that that saves that third act or that that whole battle scene, which otherwise I think would be really tedious. Um and the yeah. stakes just like are kind of wrong. Like this threatening army suddenly doesn't feel threatening at all. Everybody gets really tired fighting them. But and if you're gonna launch a nuke instead of launching it at the city, just launch it up through the portal. Whatever, 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 whatever. Yeah. But still, like Avengers accomplishes a lot. It was um, high degree of difficulty, and so yeah. I I give them more points um, because it it
0: shot high and and it shot high and it and and most of it works. Yeah, that was on my. That was in my. Yeah, I actually pushed it out for my number two, which was Avengers: Infinity War. Okay. Now, now this let was me in my six. This, this was let in my. Let me preface top. this. This wasn't going to be in my top three until I saw it again last night. It's even better the second time. When okay. When you really get the, when you know where it's going, you can kind of see what they're weaving in throughout the whole thing, and I I made up my list. My top three, and I didn't have it in there. And I went, That's crazy <laughs> that it's not in there. What they accomplished with that movie Trump almost anything. So I put it at number two. I couldn't let it take over my number one. My number one is just, well, I think will always be my you know, number one. But I couldn't let it take number one. But yeah, Avengers Infinity War is my number two. Okay.
1: I've um, well, we always spent two hours talking about that one. So yeah. I didn't, it didn't make my top three because uh, I didn't know how it would hold up on repeat viewings or over time. I, have my, I had my doubts about that. Um, so it's good to hear
0: that. Uh, yeah, it's even better. And uh, someone I work in the office felt the same way. They saw it a second time and went, oh, it's even better.
1: All right, yeah. cool. Okay. My number two um, is Iron Man. Mm. Uh, it's amazing how well it holds up. Yeah. Um, This is the testament to the MCU is that their first movie – and their nineteenth movie, both vie to be in the top yes. three. Yes, right,
0: absolutely. That's amazing. That, I basically Iron Man, Avengers, and Infinity War were basically like just I couldn't know what to do with them.
1: Yeah, wow. Sets the template and nails it. Like establishes mm-hmm. the formula and and knocks it out of the park. Uh I only have one uh real problem with it, and uh, we get to that later. Um, other than the generic um, Middle Eastern villains, um, but that was, you know, 2008, we're rings. still kind of, it's still like, it doesn't excuse well, it, but it's it was more a product of its uh, yeah. era, um, still being in the throes of the uh, Iraq conflict. Um, okay. Okay. Um, I'll do my number one then since you, you sold your number one so strongly Okay. Uh, by, your, in your tees? Yeah. My number one is Spider-Man Homecoming.
0: Oh, that's a really
1: good choice because, okay, Spider-Man's my favorite superhero and has been uh-huh. for a long time ever since I, ever since like first grade. And I realized that there was more there to Spider-Man than there was to the Hulk, you know, yeah. Hulk was my favorite as a, as a little kid, but once I actually started reading the comics i'm like oh spider-man is the one i yeah. relate to <laughs> um me too here's another degree of difficulty one um where this is the sixth spider-man film in the span of you know 15 years 14 years and like yeah i think i wasn't the only one who had a little bit of spider-man movie fatigue i didn't even see the second amazing spider-man Cutting movie me neither I liked the first two Sam Raimi ones. Spider-Man 2 was like in my top 10 favorite movies of all time for a long me, time. Me too. Although I don't think that one um, holds up as well for me now. Um, but I liked I liked the Tobey Maguire Peter Parker. I liked I the – Me too. Uh, is it James Garfield or Andrew Garfield? Andrew Garfield. I liked his Peter Parker. I thought he gave a really interesting Peter Parker performance. I thought the Spider-Man kind of sucked and the villains totally sucked. and I, I didn't want to mm-hmm. see the, the second one. In that series, but then um, Tom Holland gives like an entirely yeah. Tom Holland is just one part of Spider-Man: Homecoming that just like gives a fresh new take, not just on a Spider-Man movie, but a Spider-Man from the comics. Like it, it showed me, mm-hmm. uh, that it's a new take on Aunt May. It's a new take on. Mm-hmm like his surrounding cast of characters uh, and taking him back to high school was like a brilliant yeah, stroke. really, really And smart. not making him like the sad sack, but making it more of like, he's a misfit. It's a lot of it, the movies about him being a misfit in the superhero world.
0: Yeah, which usually so, he went to the superhero world because that's where he felt not like a misfit. Yeah.
1: And so he's still a misfit at high school, but it's, he's not as as saddled with that because a lot of, a lot of Spider-Man classically is, you know, he can beat Dr. Octopus he can beat the scorpion but he can't beat his landlord he can't beat right, James right. Jameson right you know and so right. he's he's it's this contrast between I'm this guy who can web swing and do all these amazing things but then I take off the mask and I'm still I can't stop being Peter Parker right and so they kind of they kind of flip that around a little bit where he's struggling as Spider-Man yeah. uh, too and so but the the tone when he's Peter Parker is a lighter aspirational tone I don't know I thought it did a lot of cool things. It did some other cool things that I will get to later in our list, but that yeah, was me. Spider-Man I, Homecoming, the biggest surprise um and uh I just I loved I loved it from beginning to end.
0: It's one of my favorites too. I'm actually surprised, I'm actually ashamed that I forgot about it in my eight that I was struggling with because it's just so solid. Well, solid maybe, just
1: solid isn't good enough. All right, it, wasn't, <laughs> well, it was neither spectacular nor amazing.
0: <laughs> no, it was it was a web of <laughs> All right. i also really like that they went back to i remember being okay with the choices that sam Raimi made in his spider-man movies saying okay well we're going to make the web organic because we think it's too much for him to be super strong and a genius i thought that was a solid choice yeah it was it was a solid choice yeah. but when it came back to tom holland making his web fluid and being genuinely very smart I, I was glad to be back.
1: Yeah, yeah. that too. I was glad to be I back. I thought the organic um, web was a, entirely defensible. and Yes, completely. You, know, you have enough other it, things to explain. It's one less thing to
0: explain. It's one less thing to I explain. Get it. And, yeah. and also, it does element a creepy factor a little bit, but a lot of critics to, honed in on the um, the web coming out the first time, yes. sticking a spoon, kind of like being you a know, coming of age kind of. Uh, yeah basically uh, like like well not really knowing what to do or whatever. but I will say the high school of Spider-Man Homecoming felt more like high school than the high school of the first Spider-Man. Right. The high school of the first Spider-Man did not feel like they just felt like adults at in the community center for some reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas, whereas And he's in
1: high school for like the first 15 minutes of the movie and then they get out of there. Yeah.
0: Also the fact that he's best friends with a completely joyful Ned Leeds who is the Hobgoblin in the comics. <laughs> so what are they doing with Ned? What's going to happen to Ned? The guy who wants to be the guy in the chair is going to be the guy on the glider eventually. <laughs> Maybe they won't do that, but you know, they certainly named it that way. Okay. All right. Give us your number
1: one, which may be your number one for all time. And yeah. do you mean number one Marvel movie or number one movie?
0: It's mar- number one Marvel movie, but it is in my top five movies of all time. Okay, let's hear it. And that is Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Mhm. I love that movie with all my heart. So much so that I'll forgive the kind of lame and boring micro microchip swap <laughs> for its climax. <laughs> <laughs> but um it's it's my favorite. So, uh
1: all right. It was in my top um it was in my top 6. There's a lot going on for it, but if I like try to sit down and think scene by scene, like what is the arc of the movie? Like it didn't make as much of an impression, even though I've seen it more than once. Uh, It's got Mm. amazing action scenes. Um, uh, Winter Soldier isn't one of my favorite characters, even though he's, well, I think we'll get, I think we might get into specifics later, but you know, there's some great scenes with him. I don't find that dynamic between them that compelling.
0: Well that is the one if the main weakness with the movie is the fact that it, it you're right their relationship isn't that palpable and I don't know what to attribute that to but I, I do I, get I do get all mushy when he's getting the, his face pummeled and says <laughs> I'm I'm with you know I'm not going to fight you I'm with you to the end yeah. it's it's really moving It is
1: it is Um I think the plausible explanation and the one that should be played up is this is the only connection Steve Rogers has to a life he lost when he went right. into the ice, right? A, a world that he yeah. left behind and can never get back to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is, this is the only other person who can relate to that experience. And his only connection to, to life is Steve Rogers.
0: And I, I, think the, I think the reason why Steve Rogers works so well as a character, and luckily they have Marcus and McFeely, the screenwriters, who've written all three Captain America movies and... Infinity War, and what they understood where David Goyer and Zack Snyder did not understand about Superman, they've uh, Captain America the First Avenger gets everything I thought they would get wrong right, and everything I thought they would get right wrong. Like I thought Red Skull, easy to get, action adventure in this thing, easy to get, but making Steve Rogers fashionable, I don't see how they're going to do it. And then Steve Rogers is amazing, and the Red Skull doesn't work at all, and the action adventure thing is kind of it, it has hits and misses to its movie, but it's a much stronger movie looking back. I liked when adventure. I first saw it. When I first saw it, I was like, eh, "It's okay," but man, I can't believe how well Steve Rogers actually works. Yeah, yeah, you know, and but no, I've, in repeat viewings, it really I've grown very very fond of it. Um, and where was my point? Oh, Marcus you understood that Steve Rogers can't have a character arc. He can't have an arc where he changes from one person to another person, mm-hmm. which is what all movies do with their main character. He is, he is Captain America at the beginning of the movie. He just doesn't have a body to match his soul, mm-hmm. right? His right. spirit. Then he gets his body. About you know twenty minutes into the movie, <laughs> then where do you go with him? and I think that's been the main problem with cap as a as a cinema hero, and so what they would then understood is that okay, like especially with winter Soldier, you go, okay, well, what you do then is if he is steadfast and he can't falter from that, otherwise he becomes a completely different person or a different, or uninteresting or whatever, then you change the world around him,
1: and then it becomes a story about disillusionment plant him in the ground like a tree and tell
0: the rest yeah. of the script that it has to move or whatever. And it has to move. And so um, I do believe Babe Pig in the City does something similar. One <laughs> uh, other thing, another sequel that I think is a, a perfect framework for a, a sequel because it, uh, never mind. but we won't get into that because I made your wife cry by watching that. <laughs> um, what, so yeah, that, so, so one, of, one of a number of times um, I had,
1: swore at you i cursed at you uh while watching a movie with you
0: yeah I, god I can, damn there, you wade one was because i remember one was because of my behavior at the beginning of the movie yes i know and what the you mean. other and the other one was that i i knowingly said insisted we watch this movie you just bought me and the content was such that made you angry and your wife cry with utter terror and horror The second one being Babe
1: Pig in the City, Babe Two Pig in the City. The first one being, we have to tell the story since you. Oh yeah. Uh, Well, first one being uh, Planet of the Apes, the the original, the Charlton Heston, where. Let's just
0: say I thought everyone in the room had seen it. No, I thought that had been established.
1: I thought that had been established that Catherine. I have no
0: such memory.
1: Well, anyway, it might have been good to check. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Before, absolutely. as the credits are
0: rolling, uh, you say to Catherine and, and our oh, friend Ca- Zarina, "Some Somebody said, all I think about, remember about this movie is such and such. And then I said.
1: You just, like, you described the last, the big reveal at the end of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. So enough enough the only detail. The I to... remember from this movie When is... you find out he's on Earth, and you see the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> as the opening credits are like, God damn you. To
0: hell You destroyed
1: it You just You blew (laughs) it to hell
0: I can't say in my defense But I did feel bad about it (laughs) Uh, Okay Talking is what we do here
1: uh, (laughs) You watched it wrong You watched it wrong Okay So that was a top three That was a nice Half hour discussion On our very first category (laughs) Loved it (laughs) <laughs> Loved it. I think that was good stuff. Okay, let's do the bottom three. Bottom the worst, three. The worst. So, okay, I'm just going to mention one movie that didn't make my bottom three. So, All last right. episode, I mentioned that I had seen every MCU movie except for Thor The Dark World. Mm-hmm. And so, I thought, well, I should watch it before this discussion. And so, we watched it tonight. And it was about 20 minutes in when I realized – Oh, wait a minute. I have seen this movie. <laughs> but I've decided that forgettable, eminently forgettable, does not make it, put it in my bottom three. Because the bottom oh, really? three are, are the ones that made me angry.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Or upset in some
0: way. Quick, quick thing. Are you clicking a pin or something? Oh, sorry. I'm
1: playing with Legos. Oh, that's the sound I was hearing last time. Yeah, that's all right. That's the sound I was hearing last time. That was the sound of creativity. Oh, sorry.
0: No creativity. And manual dexterity. Watch it. Okay. All right. Well, see, because I like these movies so much, all of them, Imminently Forgettable is one of the worst is the thing that makes that okay. makes it make this list.
1: So that's a sin. Okay, uh, okay that's a sin. All right. Okay. okay. All right. So um, All right. number three, this uh, Iron Man 2.
0: <gasps> I'm not surprised, but...
1: <laughs> now, there may be extenuating circumstances here. Mm-hmm. I saw it at a drive-in on a Ooh. very hot night Ooh. when uh, we had twin babies in addition to our older son... And we're kind of desperate to get out of
0: the house. Babies and toddlers make everything better.
1: <laughs> and so we went to a drive-in where they could fall asleep and we could watch the movie. Mm-hmm. And it was like dark projection, and you know the audio wasn't great, and just all all the scenes in the dark, which is like the last third of the movie is at a nighttime battle at some fair or something. I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't hardly see what was happening. Um, mm-hmm. All the stuff at. Tony Stark being drunk at his home and having arguments with Rhodey or throwing a party or something like I just everything was like so murky I couldn't really make out the details. It was just a bad viewing experience. Um, mm-hmm. But I also wasn't enjoying what I was seeing. I thought Whiplash was lame or whatever that guy's name is. Um, I, I, I there's there's others there's other other elements of this movie I I didn't like. But overall it was. Just, Kind of a turgid, uh, unpleasant experience for me. And mm. then, uh, um, Made in Manhattan was the second part of the, that <laughs> the, the J Lo uh, romantic yes. comedy.
0: And then we left really
1: halfway through. That mm. couldn't make it. Yeah. So just being kind of hot and miserable, and I didn't, I didn't
0: enjoy that movie. Well, that's too bad. Uh, I, I am a huge defender of Iron Man Two. I love Iron Man Two. It's kind of a mess it's got some lows but i certainly watched it more than most of the other movies it's and i pulled up some scenes to try because there was a scene i was checking for one for like that i was going to check for the bottom uh action scene that i thought would work and i watched it again i'm like this is really good it's just ruined by music um because i think iron man 2 which is Written by Justin Thoreau, actually. Interesting. Like that first Iron Man had like five screenwriters. Iron Man Two had one. Justin Thoreau, actor uh, from uh, really really funny and really funny actor and, and good dramatic and great dra- dramatic actor as well. Writer of Tropic Thunder. Um, anywho, um, the th- where was I going with this? Um, no, I. I I think Iron Man 2 does a lot in Tony Stark's life. I think um, it was supposed to deal with his alcoholism more and then it was abandoned. And I remember when I first saw that scene everyone hates with him uh, at the party in his suit and they keep throwing up watermelons and, and stuff in the air and him hitting it with his repulsor rays. I remember the first time I saw that, I was terrified. I was on edge of my seat. Really scared because one of my favorite tra- uh, compendiums of Iron Man is the power of Iron Man where uh, Justin Hammer takes over, gets, steals all of his tech and gives it to all these kind of B-list supervillains or he, his suit gets hacked. And so he's standing, Iron Man's drunk, standing with a foreign dignitary and he puts his hand on his back for a photo and they hack his suit and his um, repulsor ray goes off killing the the ambassador. And so I'm going, if this is where they're going, I was terrified. Now, where it ended up was kind of not that great. But the first time I saw it, I was on the edge of my seat. (laughs) I remember the first time I saw it, I was a bit disappointed in Whiplash. But I thought Mickey Rourke was great and kind of wasted. Um, I think the main problem with Iron Man 2 is that it does not have more scenes between Tony and Mickey Rourke. The scene where they were talked in prison is great. It's one of my favorites and they needed more of that. And that last murky battle you saw was actually I thought this is how you do comic book battles people. This is how you do it. <laughs> Till they ruin everything by having Mickey Rourke show up as the Crimson Dynamo at the end. Yeah. So it's got some lows, but, but until then,
1: it's... like Whiplash, a guy with electric whips or whatever. Like mm-hmm. there's just such a power level imbalance.
0: Like he just does not feel in any way like a threat to Iron Man. You know? and, and I and I have to admit I was deflated. You know, I think of all the great big Iron Man villains. You go, we're we're doing Whiplash, huh? Really? But you know what? Let's let's go for it. Let's see what you got. And you know what? I I'm, I'm until until the very end when they ruin it when him keep shows up at the expo in a new another Iron Man suit. I was really digging him. I will always defend Iron Man too.
1: <laughs> all right, you are number three. Okay. Third from the bottom.
0: Right now it's a tie. Between Avengers: Age of Ultron and The Incredible Hulk. Now, here's the thing: I recently rewatched Avengers: Age of Ultron, and I think it ages really well. It's better having seen Civil War.
1: Well, I just rewatched it, and I disagree with you It's my
0: number two. So go ahead,
1: <laughs> okay. go ahead and talk about Avengers. So you're it, saying it, it didn't make your three?
0: No, I put it. I have it. I have it as a as a tied with that and The Incredible Hulk. And oh, I, that's I don't cheating. Know, Incredi- that's the bottom Hulk. four. Yeah, but I think Incredible Hulk also doesn't deserve being in the bottom three either. I think it actually, I, there's 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 a lot of good in that, especially with Tim Roth, um, and so I don't think it deserves to be there. But I don't know. I'm just gonna stick with Age of Ultron because it's. I think in the overall story, it's very well. It's very well. But it it has a. Uh, it's a. It's it was a disappointment.
1: So I saw Age of Ultron. Um... It was, uh, uh, I had a, had a birthday party I was hosting and, uh, people stayed a little later than, uh, I had anticipated, which was fine. I was enjoying everyone's company. Um, and, uh, it was like 1140 and I said, Hey, there's a midnight showing of age of Ultron. Let's go see it. And so I somehow talked my coworkers, (laughs) um, my friends from work, um, to going with, and they were all like, everyone was kind of in disbelief that we were actually doing this because we, we're, we're not as young as we used to be. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, and so we did it. And so I was like, okay, this is going to be awesome. Let's go see age of Ultron. And then it's like, uh, <laughs> and then I watched it again just like a month ago. Um, and I did not like it any better the second time. <laughs> So I it wasn't just being tired uh that I complained okay. about. Um no, I just think uh, uh I well, have Ultron lots doesn't of work. Pieces of um pieces of this movie will um will make it into my bottom 3s. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, in true. In many categories. So I I won't belabor the point here.
0: Okay. But I will say I will say the main thing is the Ultron doesn't work. Yeah. it has a lot of interesting stuff. And he gets he 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 summarizes and squashes a lot of the characters very well, but he just does not work as a as a villain as a character. I don't think. Just too bad. Yeah. Okay. So that was your number. That was my two, two. bottom two. Um, my bottom two was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Oh, that bad, huh? Um, this is one I don't have any. I've yet to watch it again. I should watch it again. Because there's a lot in it I like. The, the two main things I don't like about it is that, one, for being a space movie that is all over the universe, it feels like a bottle episode. The whole hmm. movie feels very, like, trapped in certain places and doesn't go very far. Hmm. Yet they are on Earth, they are somewhere else, they are on, on Ego but they're in ego, yeah, or on, yeah, and it feels like there's finite possibilities, mm. uh, and and I there were so many things that I thought were very clumsy. I think the magic of Guardians was that Rachel Perlman I guess her name, who wrote, who did the initial draft at uh, Marvel, got the structure right, got got it down, got the um, you know news who says okay, make make Han Solo the lead our hero, and then got this really emotional and, and uh, structured down great. And then Sean, uh, John, or excuse James me. James Gunn. James Gunn came along and sprinkled his particular brand of humor in, livened everything up, changed a couple things around because Thanos was the villain initially, but then they realized they had to be, Thanos was going to be the main villain, so they changed it to Rodan, the accuser. Mm. Turned all that around, and then you got this really great thing. Second movie was written only by James Gunn, and now things seem to exist only to make these funny parts happen. It felt it felt at that point to me. I'll have to watch it again because there's a lot of like I said, I I enjoyed myself quite a bit, but I was let down by that movie more oh. so than Age of Ultron.
1: Well, no, there's definitely thematic things happening. Um, it's all about fathers and sons, right? Of
0: course, it's yeah. James Quill and, and
1: Ego and uh versus james quill and uh the guy who Beautiful. whistles and makes an arrow fly around what's oh, his name yondu who yondu. If, i love Yandu so much i have such He's... a love hate relationship <laughs> i consider him for both my top three and bottom three <laughs> when we get to characters yeah. <laughs> i like him but in small doses and i think there's yeah. just too much uh we're getting too much of him anyway um, I did uh, realize, like in the middle of uh, *Guard's Gal*, uh, two, mm-hmm. um, that I was just kind of very numbly watching it. Yeah. Just like, yeah, the golden people look cool in their ships, and do they? I like, kinda. I like how they. I did not like, like the golden people. Video game, and these people are funny, and I Nebula, and doesn't annoy me as much. And this one is in the first one, and.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Well, she uh, not annoyed she's more interesting
0: yeah. but
1: yeah it, it it was um it did feel like it was coasting for long stretches of it
0: it was there was i'm trying to think of what was the other oh john wick 2 maybe it was but rewatching that got better i i was like i felt had similar feelings of going i'm glad to be back in this world again but it just feels like more of the same yeah but like more of more of the same yeah. you know i think that's it it fair. didn't feel didn't feel special
1: I think there were stretches where um, uh, Drax the Destroyer was like the only yeah. thing keeping the movie afloat. Yeah.
0: yeah no, you're exactly right. Yeah. Just hit him and Mantis. Yeah, you that know, was really that. But yeah, that was it.
1: Yeah. All right. I, I did like Kurt Russell and did consider him oh, for yeah. my top three um, villains. I,
0: I, I did like Kurt Russell. I did not consider it. <laughs>
1: okay. Bottommost. Bottommost movie. Bottom most. You already mentioned it. For me, it's Incredible Hulk. It's the one that mm. um, I keep forgetting is even in the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic until like this whole I, started like it all got revisited because Infinity War was coming up. I'm like, oh yeah, that's in there. Like I think <laughs> of that as like preceding the MCU, and right. then like Mark Ruffalo was them rebooting mm-hmm. uh, that character, but that's not technically true. Um, but it just doesn't feel. Uh, Well, like I said, it was the one where they hadn't they didn't realize yet that they had figured out the tone. Um, And so it it uh, it just didn't follow it. Um, Yeah. And it's just it gets so many things wrong, but mostly it's just not fun. It's not a very fun movie. Yeah. Abomination sucks uh, as as a comic book villain, at least for a Hulk rival. Like he is more interesting, like fighting Thor or somebody who is not just like a mirror image of. Yeah. Um, uh, Emil blasky before he's the Abomination is even worse.
0: Really? I I really like him. In uh, I think when he turns to the Abomination, when he turns Abomination, it's like, well, now it's not interesting.
1: Uh, you know, a guy, a super soldier who uses his powers to um, dodge Hulk fists and then shoot him with a pistol ineffectually. <laughs> Is not a compelling villain in, in any way, shape, or form. Well,
0: I, I think, well, first of all, I, thought, I really thought it was a strong choice to introduce the Hulk through his eyes. Like, the first time we see the Hulk, it's, we're with Emil Blonsky looking for him and seeing him. When, when, the, when the hero is cursed with a power and the villain looks at him and goes, I want that power, and you're like, but it comes with all that horrible other stuff. Why would you want that? This was the first movie that I saw like this where I believed why he wanted it. And Tim Roth really sold that, I thought, like like even being that creature and never being able to be himself again, I can see him going, "I don't need to be that's not what matters to me, so that alone, I think really sold this is why I positively look on that movie, because uh, I don't remember much else, okay uh, <laughs> it's probably not very good wait, 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 sorry, it does do the best casting. Of one role, I think the the best cast person in the entire MCU is is William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross. He is amazing. I do well, maybe Robert Downey Jr. really as 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 Iron Man, and then Ross, because I don't think without Robert Robert Downey Jr. we would have everything we have. Okay, we're gonna revisit
1: this point. <laughs> um, uh, also, a lot of the effects just look like video game
0: cutscenes. Effects are bad. And and, and I remember, I remember very distinctly watching it in the theater and going, "It's okay, it's all right, yeah, you know what? This was a good movie. It was a good movie." And then the post-credit sequence comes up, and William Hurt, which I think is a a good one, And, and one of the few retconned scenes in this whole thing. William Hurt's in the bar, and Robert Downey Jr. steps in, and as soon as he walks in and starts playing with, you know, doing the scene with William Hurt, I go. Oh, this is what this movie could have been. Like that <laughs> seems so much more electric than anything in the pre that we saw earlier in the movie. So and then you go like, Oh, yeah, that movie wasn't too good. <laughs> 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 because because Iron Man was so much better. <laughs> also did not enjoy
1: spending any time with uh, Ed Norton's uh Bruce Banner or um Jennifer Gardner's uh Betsy Ross. Jennifer
0: Connolly? Oh, no, no, Liv Tyler. Wasn't Sorry. Liv Tyler? Oh, uh, well, yeah, one Gen- of those. Jennifer Connolly was in Hulk. With one Eric of those Anna. skinny, dark-haired <clears throat> actresses. Okay, all right. Yeah, make a good case for that. I might even change, more confidently put uh, Incredible Hulk down there. Uh, my about, didn't used to be didn't used to be skinny and hubba hubba. Okay, anyway. Right. right. <laughs> um, Got to get those hubba hubbas in, you know. You, <laughs> might, you might get a shot. Did someone say hubba hubba about me?
1: <laughs> I'm just um, comparing you to my favorite brand of bubblegum. <laughs> okay, and you're your number my bottom one worst. my number Most one, bottomist.
0: One, I'm not going to say worst because and I'll give you my reason why. Because there's, I think there's worse movies. I have Thor The Dark World as my bottom first. Mm, okay. Mainly because... Well, here's the thing. My brother and I went and saw it when it came out, and we went to this uh, theater. We didn't expect to have a new one of those new f- highfalutin 4K digital projectors, and we were blown away. We were like, "Wow, this movie is so good! I love this movie. It's so funny and it's exciting and really great." And then I, when I saw it on video, I went, "This movie isn't very good." No, it's, it really isn't. It's not. It's actually not good yeah. well it's not it's not that great i mean but again like pizza i would watch Thor: of the dark world over most things released it has its pleasures um, it has its pleasures absolutely but yeah i was surprised how taken i was by the movie simply for, for its projection like its projection was pretty stunning and stellar and then um watching it on video when i could actually watch what, what they were doing it was, it was not very good so and also it's got I, i'll get to this later uh, this other part factors into one of our other lists and as to as to why they're so l- low on that list so
1: you're compartmentalizing um, yeah. i'm proud of you okay <laughs>
0: uh, let's take a little
1: break here i'm gonna mm-hmm. go to the bathroom and get something to drink Me so too. make sure i have to go to the bathroom later stay tuned Back. Okay. Yeah, we've pumped um, and dumped. We, we <laughs> um. So we spent a lot of time on uh, talking about movies, but movies are big, complex yeah. packages. So um, that's okay. Let's talk about superheroes. Hmm. That's what these movies are really about, at least ostensibly. Um, let's do top and bottom superheroes. Now when I'm talking about superheroes, I'm judging them on the full package. That, that's you know character, personality, superpower set, uh, costume, casting, their performance, chemistry with uh, other members of the cast, the role they play in the narrative, I mean that whole that whole bundle. that's what I'm judging on.
0: Great. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm glad okay, good. So that was
0: neat. <laughs> good. good. That was a good judge of character. A good judge of heroes, I must Thank say. You. Okay. All right.
1: So this was this this was a challenging one. It My was. top two were easy and then uh whittling to a number three was hard. And it made me wish that we had like a sidekick character <laughs> or a uh sidekick category, I mean something like that.
0: It's 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 tough because but I feel like it's pretty boring My top three Yeah. Like, there's nothing inherently interesting like, Because I got a huge list of all these people That I love And ancillary characters uh, that I love But I, I, I just had to go If I just said who's top three That's who they are Okay, All right. let's well, give me your three Okay or Give me your top three Or give me your number three Number three <laughs> <Should> we, <laughs> I thought maybe you wanted me to boom boom boom, boom. Alright, number three Falcon
1: Okay, so I, that's the one I was thinking – that's why I wanted the psychic category so I could yeah. work Falcon in there, Falcon and Hawkeye, because I love them both. Mm-hmm. And I didn't – I loved – um, what's the character's name? Sam Wilson? Sam Wilson. I loved Sam Wilson in Winter Soldier where mm-hmm. he's introduced. Um, I thought like as Falcon, it was kind of underwhelming and like wasn't sure it, it fit in the movie. But then in Civil War, Falcon like – is like a secret MVP of, yeah. of every scene he's in in Civil War. He oh, like yeah. carries, he's the only character who who makes um, Bucky Barnes interesting. <laughs> it's true, because true. They, they actually have a, a funny they have a fun dynamic, right? I like, like how they hate out... each other.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just love that. You couldn't have done that earlier in the fight? I hate you.
1: <laughs> I know. And he's like, is it because he's jealous of that Cap loves Bucky more than he loves Sam. I think Sam is jealous. I think that's oh, part yeah. of
0: it. Oh yeah, well there's there's a kind of friend, yeah. They're both in love with the same guy.
1: I love that uh, Sam Wilson is like super competent, mm-hmm. and you know, his attitude, like his quippiness, cause you think about like, okay, everyone in the MCU is quippy, but mm-hmm. like Sam has a very distinct brand of quippiness where it just comes mm-hmm. from, I'm super competent, I know I can do this stuff. Yeah. Why does why don't why don't y'all take me seriously? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like why am I second tier? I can, well, you know, if
0: you if you contrast Falcon in Civil War, Sam Wilson in Civil War, versus Rhodey in Age of Ultron, it's re- it's interesting because Rhodey is super confident he's, on the exterior, like when he's telling his jokes at the party, and he can't yeah. like he can't he can't figure out why he's not getting a laugh. I always get a laugh at this stuff, and I love that moment where he later comes back and goes. He's telling the same j- joke line. Everyone laughs, and he's like, "Yeah, that's the way. It sh- <laughs> that's the way it should have been." <laughs> they have different ways of their, like I think Sam's way more confident confident in, in how he handles himself than Rhodey is. Cause so Rhodey's more conflicted yeah. in how he presents himself. I, I think Falcon is. Anthony Mackie is perfect as Falcon. Yeah, he's great. He's cool. He's earnest. He's fucking badass. But there's a line in Winter Soldier that always makes me cry, and I feel like a real stupid person for crying at it every time. (laughs) Because if I tell you what it is, it just sounds really stupid cheesy. But there's something about the way of all of Anthony Mackey's performance up until then and in that scene that resonates theme and duty more than anything else in the entire series, and it's when, when Cap and Black Widow go to his apartment, and uh, a relative stranger, really, and they have nowhere else to go, and Falcon, and he throws down the the, the file that tells him this is our kit ticket in there. Which kind of shows to Cap, but not the audience, what he what kind of pilot he. Never said I was a pilot. <laughs> and cap says i can't ask you to do this you got out for a reason i can't ask you to put yourself back into this and then falcon sam says captain america needs my help i can't think of a better reason to get back in and the when he sa- the way he says captain america needs my help he's not saying the superhero captain america needs my help he's saying the ideas of virtue in the ideal of america needs my help yeah there is no better reason to get back in, and i cry every time i hear that (laughs) it's 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 i I mean if i was the actor playing that role and i had that line i would be like oh fuck i'm just gonna throw this away because there ain't no way this is gonna work i wouldn't even think about it that way i'd just be like oh well the great my comic book idol needs my help of course they'll do it yeah, right. I would never have thought of that particular expression. And I'm just, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite yeah. moments. But Give didn't that, make my that. favorite moment list. So <laughs> I had to say it now.
1: Okay, good. Well played. All right. My number three, I had um, considered whether one of the criteria for being in my top three was, is it someone I would be excited to see have their own movie? And then I decided that wasn't it because my number three is not someone who should get his own movie at all. But it's Drax the Destroyer who steals every scene he's in. And when Mm -hmm. you look at the lineup – like I didn't – I never read Guardians of the Galaxy comics. So if you look at the lineup, like Drax looks like maybe at best the third or fourth most interesting member of Guardians of the Galaxy, Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, but then in scenes with Groot and a talking raccoon voiced by Bradley Cooper, he steals every scene he's in and all of his <laughs> lines are great, you know? Yeah. And so I just, you just have to imagine that like, we got to keep writing lines for Drax. Like, yeah. you know, they just re- they found what they had. They realized what they had in Dave Bautista and like, we got to feed this, this guy. And so that really shows in, 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 in the second one, volume right. two, where, it's like okay, like, like I said, there's just scenes where he's the only interesting thing happening for me exactly. uh, in that movie, but it's worth watching just for Ooh, whatever he's gonna say. Completely. So, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Again,
0: anyway. our Blade Runner conversation. I was like, I'm really growing interested in Dave Batista as a dramatic actor and a comedic one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All Uh right. All right. Uh, uh, You're number two. Uh, number two is Tony Stark. Oh. Iron I don't Man. think there's yeah. a, I don't think there's a better, I said it before, there's not a better character arc in cinema than the one Tony Stark makes from Iron Man to Infinity War.
1: And you have watched all of cinema.
0: I have watched so all You of. should know. Well, you know, Clouseau doesn't make that big of an arc across his movies. <laughs> Bond doesn't make that big of an arc. I can't think of another 19 film series. Godzilla has a nice
1: arc from Godzilla through um, Mothra through uh, Ghidorah, King of All Monsters. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: I probably got one of those That's titles
0: wrong. That's true. I haven't seen the 7-Up series. Maybe they have a bigger arc. <laughs> <laughs> Considering they're real.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, Iron Man's a, he, he's a very well fleshed out character and he's like he's the center of the marvel cinematic yeah. universe like it all revolves around him in one way or another
0: he's a driving so many qualities about tony stark should make you not like him he's a narcissist he's a arms dealer he's a, he's impulsive he's but there's something so ama- attractive about just wanting to watch him
1: he's trying he's trying to be better
0: yeah you Sometimes know, he fucks up. I always wanted to make the Iron Man movie growing up. And I I just wanted to make Iron Man that movie. And in my head, I'd cast Timothy Dalton. Yeah. and He looks more the part. He looks of, the part, but yeah. he would, I, you know, realize that what was compelling about watching, that shows you kind of, you know, I, I only had his alcoholism really as a real compelling dramatic force. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr., is the reason the casting? And John, I shouldn't just say Robert Downey Jr. because it's John Favreau. When John Favreau cast him, that made everything work. Boom. Yeah, that was the magic. That was the magic pill.
1: And trying to replicate that like became like the engine that brings in the dollars. Uh, yeah, finding that kind of chemistry between actor and character, and not being afraid to cast old. Yeah, you know that's right. That's an interesting that's an interesting although uh, I guess Ben Affleck is Batman is no spring chicken either. (laughs)
0: Um, But yeah, I mean, think about later what the casting choices that led to like granted guardians was kind of a, was a real gamble, but then to take a real gamble and cast Chris Pratt as our cavaliering hero. That was a, I can see a lot of people considering that a gamble. It's brilliant choice.
1: Or Paul Rudd (laughs) (laughs) is a superhero, (laughs) you know,
0: like what? <laughs> exactly. They realize that that's why I love the Marvel universe too is that and why I'm so disdainful of a lot of criticism against it in especially when they're saying, "Well, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight series is actual cinema because it's mature and it's got dark, it's got political themes and things like that." I'm like, "Um, Avengers said way more about uh way more interesting and tough things about how we relate to our governments. It just happened to also be bright and fun. <laughs> but because it was bright colors and fun, it somehow delegitimized in critical eye. They could they had a harder time standing next to it and putting their reputations on the line by saying, I like something that looks like this. They can turn to Dark Knight and say, I like something that looks like this because it looks mature. Yeah. But when you get down to it, it's really, it's kind of fascist in a way. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so and and um, and and so I, I just I always find it interesting that the 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 DC world's kind of coming around back to it, but had completely abandoned the idea that superhero movies could be fun.
1: I, yeah, I think those Nolan Batman movies are more of an adolescent power fantasy than mm-hmm. the Marvel movies are. Absolutely, um, you know, because they're all about ooh, if I could just. Mm, <laughs> Then you know, I would do what Batman's doing oh, or or I would do what Joker's doing on my bad day when I'm pissed off, I would do that shit the Joker does, right. but I would you know I mean for me, that's like the string that those movies pluck
0: right. you know and <laughs> yeah, totally. and i'm
1: I'm susceptible to that, just like anybody, oh, yeah. oh, but yeah. the Marvel movies are more more about moral choices that you make.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: maps more to my real life
0: uh than that's right more than the two than boats those... with bombs on them.
1: Yeah, which is like this abstract thing, or you know, I gotta save, I gotta get this guy across town before the bomb in his chest explodes or something. Right. I don't, I don't know. Like, they're more of like, I don't want, I don't want to get in those movies anyway.
0: <laughs> We're not here to talk about those. Yeah. All right. Okay. So yeah. All right. So, Good Tire choice Man's, for number two. Spiderman number number two.
1: Um, my number two is Spider-Man. Mm. The only surprise here is that he's not number one, and that's. <laughs> but we'll talk about when they get to number one. Why don't you go um, ahead and do number one then? Spider-Man, my all-time favorite superhero, my favorite, this is my favorite depiction of him, both the Peter Parker part and the Spider-Man yeah. part. He's the spideriest Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I've always appreciated that Spider-Man is skinny, mm-hmm. um, or was skinny. Over time, he's been drawn more and more beefy and muscular, In the, and right. Tobey Maguire uh, kind of was that in the in the movie version. As a skinny guy, I like the idea that not everyone with super strength has to have big rippling muscles, that there could be a skinny guy who can lift a bus.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, also, that just differentiated him from the rest of the. You got these big brawny guys and you got this little zippy guy kind of coming through. It was really, I liked that a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And to get the humor of him right.
0: Um, Um, Tom Holland actually has ballet training, which really helped him be graceful in the suit. A lot of that is him. That's great.
1: That's awesome. Um, well, it worked. Whatever he did, do more of it, because uh, I I loved it. I think he's um, the
0: closest I, thing to Peter Parker that we've ever seen on screen, really. And I love Tobey Maguire, but yeah, I think Tom Holland um, is the best Peter Parker we've had.
1: I'm very surprised by how okay I was with um, all the Iron Man tech, the Tony Stark tech in his
0: costume. Yeah, that's what I wanted to costume.
1: say. I didn't need – I really didn't need the uh, the spider legs in – silver or yeah. uh, infinity gauntlet they added nothing for me i just p- tried to pretend they weren't there
0: yeah Th- that's something uh, from the actual comic that came about later the iron spider and i i don't it's, i yeah i think it makes it's, it more grotesque but I and was it's just okay it's with not it.
1: spider it's not you Spider-Man. know it's not him deciding to <laughs> make those legs pop out and do the right thing right it's just
0: you know but yeah, I um, remember when they when we when you first put on the thing and then there's the heads up with the suit in Spider-Man: Homecoming and the heads up display came up. And I was like, "No. No, 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 no. Let him be let him be Spider-Man. Don't let him be Iron Man. He's not Iron Man." But I was amazed how much I loved the fact that how much it put him his inexperience at odds with his own abilities. Secondly, okay, it does do that. I also yeah. did it like having him someone to talk to. That was it. Yeah.
1: That was, I thought was the brilliance of it was right. so much of Spider-Man is him wrestling with self-doubt mm-hmm. and his baggage and that internal monologue he's having while he's having his adventures. Yeah. And so giving him this onboard board, uh, you know, Siri, whatever yeah. the name was, um, but to give him a way to externalize that. Oh. So now it's a dialogue. It's just more cinematic. It works better. Yeah. on the screen yeah. so he's locked in the storage thing and you know instead of thought balloons or right. a voiceover which would not have been not have been good probably it was able to externalize that and do it in a way that was funny you know yeah. so i I thought that was a really interesting choice
0: yeah it was one um, that, and it that, worked. that on the surface thought this is a terrible idea and then instantly oh no no, no i love this <laughs> right and it works
1: because it works for the character yes you know, it brings it brings that aspect of of that character to the screen in a way that we haven't seen before.
0: I like how afraid he is to make a social faux pas with the AI. I I, (laughs) I like it. He's he's so charming.
1: And like you say, like his last dying word was sorry, Yeah, Uh, which is this like, that's Peter Parker. Like he's always, you know, he always feels like he's not doing enough. Mm -hmm. And so he's, he's pushing himself beyond any reasonable, limit, um, and you know, punishing, subjecting himself to endless punishment, uh, both self-inflicted and externally inflicted. Um, another great moment I love, ironically somewhat, is uh, in Civil War where he's being recruited by Tony Stark and he yes. gives a speech, which, you know, first he just says, how oh, I got these powers. It's a long story, meaning this is the sixth Spider-Man movie and yeah. <laughs> you don't need to hear that story again. You all right. know it. Um, But then when when Tony asks him, why are you doing this? And he gives his speech a he's he's articulating the Captain America side of the. Yes. Civil War. Yeah. um, Which is one of the things that doesn't work about that movie for me. Oh, is that if if something bad happens and you had the power to stop it and you didn't. Then it happened because of you.
0: Right. Which you know, is basically a paraphrase of with great power comes great responsibility. It yeah. is.
1: And it's it's what Cap has said earlier in right. the movie is if something needs doing, I'm not going to not do it just because the Sokovia Accords right. tell me not to do it. Right. Right. Um, so it's just weird that he's working on well, That's Cap's what, side, but... Well, well, it, that's, that's or, uh, on Iron Man's side. I mean, but it, but, it, but that's it, just the, it. Is but that, his dynamic with Iron Man works. So yeah, whatever. is
0: that is that Tony recognizes that? Like he seems to feel like a bit of guilt at that moment when he says that, and it's almost like Tony perverts that ideal to his own advantage. Like base, and, and yet you could see him on his on Tony's face that he's like, you know, he feel he. I don't think he sits there and thinks that's what Cap thinks, but he feels the guilt because it resonates with him, because he did the same thing in Iron Man. He was sitting at home tweaking his repulsor. He's looking at the news of the his, the, his friend's old village getting Tom a rise yeah. by thing, and then he took off and went and violated all sorts of national you know tre- treaties and whatnot and took care of it himself he did exactly what caps says he's doing so he feels that guilt but instead of going you know you're right i should think about this he takes you know what kid you're right and i'll tell you why you're right because this guy captain america out there you may think he's a good guy but he's wrong and he thinks he's right and it makes him dangerous so we have to go take him down making spider-man go well if there was something i could do and i didn't do it then it's kind of on me you know what I mean? So he's per- he's perverted that, yeah, and then plays him. and plays him plays him to do it. And then later, when you know, you can see it on Tony's face again when he sees Spider Man on the ground, and he flies down and says, "Kid, kid, you're done. You're done. Get out." Like you could kind of feel that th- thing of him going, "I should never have brought him here. Yeah. <laughs> what was I thinking? You're, got this this control. got out of hand." And I yeah. could have gotten him killed. You're done. Get out of here. That's a, it's a, I was going to bring up that very scene. Cause I love it. I, I, it was very well done. Yeah. It's a great scene. Okay. You're number one. My number one. Number one superhero. Let me get, take a guess. If Iron Man's number two, who's number one? Captain America. Captain America. He's I, my number one. Oh, that's right. I never would have thought he would be my, he was not my favorite in the comics. He's my favorite in the movies.
1: Me neither. Hands down. Yeah, I credit uh, Chris Evans mm-hmm. for like just nailing that character and making me love Captain America in a way I never thought I could. Yeah, you know. And uh, I, we've already cited some examples of him just like killing a scene, you know. Oh yeah. The, the 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 Avengers like doing the leadership thing, you know. Like there's a line in the comics that stuck with me um, where somebody probably some other God like uh, tries to make fun of Hercules for taking orders from Captain America from taking orders from a mortal. And he's like, I would follow this man through the gates of Hades, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and like Chris Evans, like just that he can embody that and he can embody like somebody so purely good. Well, like you said, like a jaded, uh, movie audience, should not find Captain America fashionable. Like yeah. the character shouldn't work. He should, they should seem... roll
0: their eyes, Mister Goody Two Shoes. Yeah. you.
1: And yet he he sells it so hard yeah. that you want to be
0: you want you to be, want to be, be like him. You know. Yeah. I can't. I, can't, um, I, I was really shocked that like Captain America. Uh, at first, when Captain America T-shirts and all the stuff kind of started really exploding, I thought people were doing it like just going to the patriotism angle. But no, they just they, they love Steve Rogers. I
1: think it is a patriotism angle. Well, it, I think that's
0: baked into him, obviously. You know, like you
1: and I, you know, came through the George W. Bush years and the Iraq War, and like just being really down on American imperialism, like in yeah. as a concept, and and uh, like, the way like, that the American flag was used is like not only a jingoist symbol, but like implicitly. An anti-Islamic uh, symbol, an anti-humanist um, symbol, you know, just all sorts of things. It was like it was it, it was used aggressively as a sign of aggression, right, um, in all sorts of ways.
0: I was always fascinated by my own reaction to whenever I would see a support your troops sign, support support our troops sign, because the phrase support our troops, yeah, I don't disagree with. In fact, I wouldn't. I mean, I it kind of was a given. I would think. But whenever I would see a sign that says says in someone's yard that said, support our troops, my first thought was, you've been brainwashed. <laughs> you know, well, like it, it, didn't mean, in... it didn't mean what it, the words actually meant.
1: It would. There were so many accusatory messages where if you don't support the invasion of Iraq and the overthrow of that government.
0: You are against our troops. And,
1: and that occupation, then you don't support the troops. And like, well, fuck you. That's a false. <laughs> it's like, exactly. that's a false dilemma, right? False equivalency, yeah. Yeah, it's a, right. It's like, that's not. I don't believe that that's the the scenario, right? Yeah, and um, then to
0: watch all the military get underfunded, and go into the wars without basic armor protection and things like that. Yeah, just like
1: come back with their legs blown off and PTSD untreated, and you know, all yeah. The, all and then you're shit. like,
0: wait a second, wait, how am I not supportive? <laughs> Why is it me who doesn't want them to be in this situation? Right. But just all the messages that you weren't
1: American enough if mm-hmm. you weren't completely on board with the program. Not only that is you yeah. were against America. You're the problem. Right. Shut up and sing. Whatever. It's the you know? liberal
0: scare. Like, yeah, shut up and sing.
1: So like Captain America was like an excuse to – it was like a way to – He's like an ideal version of America that you can hold mm-hmm. up and say, yes, that's like the version of America I love,
0: the virtuous yeah.
1: one who wants to be a leader to the world, not um, not pitted against the world, you know? Yeah.
0: I, I don't have it in my moments, although I should. One of my favorite things ever is when Dr. Erskine comes in in First Avenger, where he comes into to, to Scrawny Steve Rogers and says, you keep trying to enlist. And yet you've been turned down for all these different reasons. Yeah, it's a great he, scene. It's a great scene because he goes and he says, "So you just want to go? What is it? Do you want to go kill some Nazis?" And I and he and, and it makes me cry just thinking about the. I don't want to kill anyone. I I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. And that's yeah. That's that to me is 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 is, is, is the part of my heart that is always with Steve Rogers. I don't like bullies. Yeah. It's and that's why um, that's why I, I feel weird siding with Iron Man <laughs> uh, with Iron Man,
1: because yeah. because why do I hate bullies like at the bottom, uh, like the foundation, if I have to really examine it, like the foundation of all my political beliefs is really a distrust of power. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and its potential to be abused. Right. And so um, we don't need a political philosophy. This is a political philosophy podcast. But that's what folks. civil
0: war is. That's
1: what I know. We're... That's what it is, right? And so I, I, I don't want to get into the weeds on this. Um, but, but you know, Iron I Man mean, is saying that we need like a structure where there's checks and balances, and like there's like a consensus around the the how power is employed. But then which Captain America is saying that's its own kind of power. Yeah. Uh, too and so that can be abused and so he's right too so and he's know, right too exactly. that's why politics
0: is that's why politics is hard exactly because tony's advocating for a framework that it certainly should be there but the fact of the matter is we all know that when people get into those things of power they, they they can direct things to their own purposes so then it's like so what are we being sent out to do you know what if someone gets in there and we can't operate independently but that is also relying right. on the virtue of you and you are temporary If you are removed then you know then the next superhero that gets in there may not be as virtuous you know right
1: right we all want unlimited personal freedom because we all believe that we're as virtuous as captain america
0: we might get us agent (laughs) (laughs) we don't want no one wants that but i one thing i really did love uh uh the dissolve uh, the movie review site that I love That we love so much No longer around But did a, a uh, I think it was the Winter Soldier review It began with this It said Batman is the hero of our times Steve Rogers is The hero for our times To go along with that Another uh, Joss Whedon I think had an interview That had a, was on Nerdist podcast And they were talking about the Avengers movie And he said something that I Truly adore," he said. Um, "We as a country, as a society, has moved from a society that values someone like Steve Rogers to a society that values someone like Tony Stark.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I and I I think that's utterly true. And that's not to say I don't love Iron Man, but we value that that um, person who can get everything for himself. And not the person who's trying to keep everything for everyone, you know?
1: Yeah. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just probably. This is going to be a long episode. So quickly. Okay.
0: Ones that I thought made was going to. I struggled with to get to the top three Heimdall, Drax, Rocket, Yondu, Black Widow, Star Lord, Peter Parker, Black Panther, Valkyrie, Doctor Strange, (laughs) Hope Van Dyne, Caramaldo, Ant Man, and Korg. Try to get them in there. Couldn't fit. Not with Iron Man, Captain Captain America, Cap Iron, and Falcon. Yeah, it's too too tight a playing
1: field. There's a, there's there's a lot uh, to juggle. Okay, All bottom right. three. Bottom three which, superheroes. Which are the superheroes that don't work? I'll go first. Okay. Vision. He's just kind of boring.
0: Ah, I disagree.
1: But okay. His most interesting power. He like uses it twice phasing so, you know yeah he mostly just shoots his forehead beam it's like the most boring power in the whole right. universe there but, but
0: don't you find him interesting in say Infinity War
1: mm, no oh. I find him more interesting than in other versions of him but he's still like that is the best version of him it's still not an interesting version of him.
0: my my second viewing of Infinity War I much was much more into the Scarlet Witch vision romance. Like I, I saw it as a, as a, as a very working function. in the first time I saw it, the second time I saw it, I was really into it. When, when uh, he's wounded and telling her to go, and Scarlet Witch says, "You asked me to stay, and I'm staying." And I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. My number three, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't think of three bottoms.
1: Okay. I don't have All one. Right.
0: Sorry. Good. We need to speed the up somehow. All right. You're number two. Number two, War Machine. Huh.
1: Um. Some of this, there's a lot going on uh, mm-hmm. here. Some of it is resentment at uh, Terrence Howard uh, yeah. and Don Cheadle just not bringing nearly the same charisma to the role uh, that Terrence Howard did. And, and just I like, like Don the thrill. Cheadle. Yeah. Don Cheadle is. Is fine. I
0: just don't feel like he fits
1: in with this cast of
0: characters. Mm-hmm. That's um, true. The way Terrence Howard would have four or five movies in, I still think he's has replaced somebody. He, yeah, he
1: he right. He doesn't
0: fit. He felt he he feels like he belongs to a different franchise.
1: Yeah. Or and something. blame the agents for that one. Yeah, and that's you know whatever the reasons. I'm just talking as a, you know as an experience of watching this character. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I really don't like there just being a bunch of iron man suits all running around at the same time yeah um why does Rhodey get an iron man suit but no one else does you know <laughs> once 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 someone else besides tony is allowed to wear an iron man suit the question becomes why doesn't everybody right. get one
0: and why you doesn't, get why an doesn't one? black
1: widow have one yeah yeah you know? That's why a good doesn't point. hawkeye have one with a bow attached to the arm you know <laughs>
0: Hey, um, he outfits everybody why is he just leaving them out to dry yeah, yeah. why does it
1: stop at roadie like there's just no Well, maybe not he, even, Maybe like,
0: he asked them and they didn't want him I just want some I, I
1: need to know where the rules are I need some kind of logic to go on you know like I could go with well you need one of those heart uh, uh, reactors arc reactors to power these things and there's only so many of those around okay well give me that story then <laughs> you know, but there's not even that explanation So, and I don't, and it's just boring Like he's just a, he's just another Iron Man with a cannon on his Shoulder
0: and a less colorful Scheme Yeah. Um. It, I don't know, he's just he, Redundant. He does seem, re- I exactly Was going to say that, he does seem redundant And they're they're tr- they're trying to find Ways to keep him involved Yeah, I see that I like, I like Don Cheadle and I like Brody, so I I didn't even think of that as a possibility. But you're right. I would put him down because he's kind of, I don't want to say extra baggage, but he's extra baggage. (laughs) Okay. You're number two. My number two is Fandral. Who's that? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So much so that he was played by two different people. Unnecessarily so. Uh, He's one of the Warriors three. Oh, okay. He's the swordsman. I do not count them as superheroes. Well, I figured since they run into battle with everyone else. I know, but like... <laughs> he was not a non-super good guy because he is super. He's an Asgardian. Well, I I
1: classified that as non-superhero good guys.
0: Well, they are so, not
1: non-super. <laughs> but on Asgard, they're not super. They're just normal.
0: Yeah, I guess. So
1: thor thor is a superhero because he travels to earth and he has like a yeah, guise yeah, 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 yeah. that he you know and whereas like the warriors three in the movies they're just like some chums who hang out at in mm-hmm. asgard and once in a while like tag along on like some job like for them it's just a job like they're cops
0: right you know yeah um, well then you're not know. gonna like my list for the rest of my list <laughs> okay <laughs> because I do not, I cannot in good conscience put any of the superheroes in a bottom three.
1: Okay. Well, this is, I like them know, all that much. This can be a controversial, we had different, right. uh, different, different points of view on
0: here. Okay. Okay. And you're so, num- which
1: one of the, which one of the warriors three is he? He's the, the, the axe guy. There's, there's,
0: there's Volstagg who was the big glutton Ray Stevenson. There's the Hogan who is the tall dwarf, the Asian. Who, yeah.
1: The tall dwarf who uh, is no mace. longer the tallest dwarf, uh,
0: and then there's Fandral, who was kind of your Errol Flynnish guy, who okay. was at, played by somebody I don't know who, who who the actor was in the first Thor, but in the second Thor he was replaced with Zachary Levi, because okay. Disney likes Zachary Levi somehow. Yeah.
1: I thought all three of those completely uh, completely lacked charisma and did not were not justified getting any screen time whatsoever. So did, Fan,
0: that's did why in my bottom them. three. Yeah.
1: No, I agree, I'm agreeing with you. I just I just categorize right. them. Like, okay, give me your number one then.
0: Okay. My number one is Starhawk. <laughs> which which one's Starhawk? He was not named. Starhawk is Sylvester Stallone in Guardians of the oh. Galaxy Two. Okay, so you're—he's a superhero. Okay, I but, guess it, yeah. Because I apparently there was thought they might spin off all those Ravengers into which is they have a different team name, and his name is Starhawk, and he leads a whole other comic <laughs> book that they're thought about doing. And I'm like, I, I could not stand Stallone, like it it was it was um, credit to Michael Rooker for making me feel something for Yondu while he's getting chewed out by. A terrible Sylvester Stallone.
1: <laughs> I liked him.
0: You did? Okay. I, I thought it was cheesy as hell, and I liked it. Uh, I thought it totally
1: it, fit in that in that I Guardians of the Galaxy. I could
0: role. not stop thinking of it as like here is an aged Rocky Balboa yelling at a blue man with a purple mohawk. I can't. I can't take it. In most it movies. Was,
1: I would react the same way, but not in that one. Yeah,
0: sorry, it just didn't work
1: for me. That one I'd already seen Kurt Russell riding a spaceship like a cowboy. <laughs>
0: right. I couldn't take. I couldn't take, I, I was like, wait, wait, there's Ving Rhames and Michelle Kwan in there. Why? Why couldn't? Why? I'd much rather be watching them. So yeah, Stallone's my least favorite.
1: Okay. Again, I, I think I would have put him in the non the non superhero. He flies a spaceship right. around
0: and fights people. I I, I know. I, right. Right. I figured that. I mean, qualified.
1: It's a big, weird universe, right? So, okay. Moving on. Uh, oh, you're, you're number one. My number bottom one bottom. Uh, bottom superhero is Bucky Barnes. Mm. Old. He of exactly one facial expression.
0: <laughs> he just wanted um, some plumps.
1: He's just so, you know. I go to these movies to have fun, and here's the mopey mopester. <laughs> who gets not one, but two movies that are all about him at the center of it. And it's like, I just don't care. You know, like, um, uh, last episode, you said the difference between the hero and the villain is that the hero is willing to sacrifice what he's his Mm -hmm. goal. Mm -hmm. Cap, why isn't Cap willing to sacrifice Bucky Barnes?
0: That is
1: just be done with it already. You know, at least he's, better as a villain he was better he wasn't that interesting as a villain Mm. he's worse as a hero
0: anyway okay
1: Mm.
0: that's enough i I have said about that i'm processing that right unless you want to defend him i'm processing it because i'm i I don't feel motivated to defend him but yet (laughs) i love everything about uh I, i i i have struggled with it with wondering if it's If Sebastian Stan is odd or miscast in that. I mean, he's not a bad actor. If you've seen I, he's really good. He's a good actor. But like for some reason, he does feel like a guy in a wig (laughs) in those movies. Trying
1: to look sad and serious.
0: Tortured. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't dislike him. But I don't know. I, I not and yet not feeling the urge to stand up and defend it either. Well, oh,
1: anyway, all he's missing is the the eyeshadow and like the lace fingerless
0: gloves and a guitar. <laughs> all right, <Moving> <laughs> So we'll move on to supervillain. Supervillain.
1: Supervillain. Top
0: three. Top three. Top three. And this is
1: not the strength of the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of famously that's true the marvel villain problem right now, i it's... might
0: uh, let me add that um you know back in the day when well, the 80s when dc started making their superior superhero movies like batman and so on and so forth their villains were stronger than the heroes usually often yeah often like the 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 real draw was the villain and uh, the hero was overshadowed not as fleshed out marvel movies Marvel Studio movies came around and really fleshed out their heroes for a change, which actually makes does make for a better movie. But a lot of yes. times the villains could be interchangeable, and it wouldn't affect the story at all, and that's a problem.
1: I I'll, I'll try to identify the pattern that bothers me. Uh, I'm gonna right. get to the bottom too.
0: And if we um, were considering the Netflix shows, I think Wilson Fisk in the he'd be my number one. He'd be if my we number Yeah, and the t- and, the TV shows have much better villains and Kilgrave. The Purple Man would be a very close second behind. Him. Yeah. Totally agree. But then again, we those are series that are really more about how Wilson Fisk becomes the kingpin, not about how Mount Murdock becomes Daredevil. So you get to spend all this time with him.
1: Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk, the lovable crime nerd.
0: <laughs> and I remember when that first started and he's got that rat. I'd you know, be like, I don't know how much I can take of this giant baby routine. I don't know how long I could take it, but it quickly realized that he was doing brilliant work. Just yeah, totally agree. Okay,
1: number three. Number three. This is I surprised myself with this one, but I kept coming back to it. Crossbones.
0: Yes. Now Just wait. has
1: one scene as Crossbones in the beginning of Civil War. Um, so you're
0: specifically... Brock Rumlow from Civil War, not Brock Lumbo from Winter Soldier.
1: Because he's not a superhero. he's, yeah, he's, not, not, he's not a supervillain in 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 Winter Soldier. He's okay. a supervillain in. I mean, so you can you could count his whole arc yeah. if you want. I didn't remember him from. I kind of remembered him. I'm like, oh, he is that the guy? He okay. He must have
0: been that guy. He and killed he was a Captain badass. America. Didn't or no, he sh- no? Sharon Rogers shot. Uh, Sharon Carter shot killed Captain America, but he did something bad. I can't remember in the comics. Yeah, Crossbone was responsible he, for some big. I think he killed Captain America. Oh. On yeah. uh
1: on my son's hero card, one of his special powers is titled "I shot Captain, or "I killed
0: Captain. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go.
1: Um. So that's that's the only reason I know that.
0: Um. So maybe it's not true. That opening. No, I think you're right. That opening Civil War sequence is I'm fucking believable. It's amazing. Um. But I was disappointed that Crossbones. Died at the end of it. Like so I was like, oh, that's a waste.
1: Yeah, I wish he they would have yeah. kept him around. But maybe you know they they figured they got all they could get out of
0: that character. And he wasn't gonna fit in they, the rest of the story. But, not in that story, no. And it spurred the rest of the whole story. I mean, it was a it's a natural progression. It makes sense. But I just I was like, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. He's but just great. like
1: on paper, like a guy with guns, villain. Um, should be boring but that I thought the I thought the actor I don't know his name it's Frank Grillo Frank Grillo I thought he was great I, I don't know he's like felt really genuinely threatening and like he he convinced me beyond all logic that he could take on like three these three superheroes yeah. by himself um, and you know I thought he did Bane better than yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Yeah. What's his name? Um, Just because he was, you know, even though he looks more cartoony, he played it less cartoony to me. And, you know, he just like seemed like a legit threat to Captain America, which is, I I really enjoyed the Batrack the Leaper. Yes. Kind of cameo in Winter Soldier. Yeah. But it was kind of a joke.
0: Scene, you know, oh, it was very good. I mean, the fight's great, but to sit there and go, I'm watching Batrock the Leaper on a <laughs> yeah. major motion picture of all the people, and they the made him look awesome. And they made him look awesome, like <laughs> of all the people they could pull from, they got Batrock the Leaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's what I love about uh, the Marvel Universe. They take these these unfashionable, low rent characters and then make them super cool and interesting. Briefly in the movies, I I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I like I like Crossbones. I keep that's uh, one of the action scenes I keep playing back in my mind, and just his performance and just how mm-hmm. legitimately threatening he seemed um, in a surprising way. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, my number three. I I think I just switched out because I had. Oh, it.
1: One, cause one more thing about Crossbones because yes. I wanted to say this. He uh, you see him in that costume and you think, oh, he's going to have the default deep gravelly superhero voice or even the echoing inside of the metal mm-hmm. mask. A voice and he didn't have that, like you know, he like had his just like the tenor of his voice was even unexpected.
0: Yeah, okay,
1: sorry to interrupt. No,
0: no, no problem. So, um, my number three super villain, I, I think I just switched out because I, I had Loki in there, and I think Loki's a really solid villain, very interesting character, and a good performance, and a, everything about him is great, but I just like somebody more. Uh, So my number three is Adrian Toombs is the vulture. Good old Michael Keaton. I was really impressed with Toombs in that movie. I really really dug him. I can't say much more because there's more stuff on my list. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, gosh, now I'm trying to – I
1: know who one of your other ones must be then. I don't know who the other one is. Okay. My number two is Loki. I think he's widely considered – the uh, highlight that I don't think we need to go into
0: not too much really, detail. Yeah. Loki, Except to say
1: is he a villain or you know there's heroes and there's anti heroes. Is Loki an anti villain? Ooh I think he he's might not be not an, an anti hero.
0: Because he's not he 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 I mean he ends up being the antagonist of Thor. He ends up being the he's the certainly the antagonist of the Avengers. But he's not
1: he's not all bad you know not all he's bad. he he's you know an abused neglected child in some ways right um you know he's got some of that baggage i mean lots of villains have that mm-hmm. so why do we like why do we like loki so much why do we like spending so much time with him it's not in the same way we like you know gene hackman is lex luthor right because we never believed he was good. He was just very charismatic. Right. It's that just that he's charismatic? It's that he's vulnerable? Yeah. And you know, Adrian Toomes is uh, is vulnerable, and he's got like a legitimate grievance.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. Um,
1: but I don't. I, but he's just pure villain to me.
0: Why? Yeah.
1: Why do I want to put Loki in a different category? I haven't figured it out. Well, so that's he something deserved, I'm, he's, I need he's to think Complex
0: about. enough to deserve his own category. I mean, he is someone who could aspire to be some who could be so much more. Whereas I think a lot of these other characters couldn't be, you know, I mean, I guess that's because they're he just, doing what
1: they're doing because he turns face so often he does right. more than once. He helps Thor or well, he's, he, you know. he's
0: like Magneto in that regard. And from the comics, someone who yeah. is considered a villain, but has done so much good as well. He's a very, I mean, that's why Loki really deserves a spot on, 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 on these lists and probably the number one spot just because he's that rich. And that fascinating. But I just, I put him down. <laughs> I yeah, okay. had
1: to make other room. Sure. Sure. Since you brought, since you brought up Magneto, my top three super villain movies, uh, super villains of all time. Um, boy, that's a tough one. Mm. It is. A um, tough one. Cause I want to put Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor in there, mm. but um But it's it's got to be Magneto's got to be my number one Ian McKellen. Magneto, yeah. Doctor Octopus.
0: uh, Now, yeah. Doctor Octopus. I just wish it ended differently, but and then Heath Ledger
1: Joker. It's it's, it's, Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, that you're right.
0: You know, as much as I like to trash on the 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 Nolanized Dark Knight series, um, his performance cannot be oversold. No, it's one for the ages. My number two villain. Top villain. Number two top villain is Eric Killmonger from Black Panther. The thing that I love about Eric Killmonger, he's one of the few villains to directly challenge. One, he's got a legitimate point. You know, I think is always good for the good, makes the best villains. He's He's got a legitimate grievance. He's like Magneto. He's got a legitimate grievance in questionable methods. Mm-hmm. He's a product of both his um misfortunes and his fortunes. Like his misfortune being what, you know, losing his his father and being stuck in, you know, abandoned by his nation of origin, and then his fortune being picked up by the CIA and being trained by them. Then of course, you know, his his whole training kicks in to do so much wrong. I think that he's the only character, I think he's one of the only, if not the only, villain to directly challenge the hero's belief that he himself is struggling with. You know? Like, and that's what really makes that stand out is that T'Challa is trying to adhere to and square his father, the Wakanda's isolationist point of view as a mode of self protection. Protect your country by not getting involved in anything else and hiding away and yet to watch the rest of the world mm-hmm. suffer because it does not have access to the uh uh advantages that it has and could share and offer the world is that cruelty and um from eric killmonger's point of view absolutely it is mm-hmm. and his his solution is to arm the, mis- the maligned and the marginalized and have them overtake their their oppressors that directly challenges T'Challa and then finding out that T'Chaka had done so much had done so many ills and it undermines T'Challa's belief in his father I mean this all it, it just becomes more potent whereas Ronan the accuser a fascinating character in the comics is reduced to just someone who wants to take over the world in Guardians of the Galaxy and I love Guardians of the Galaxy but it could be anybody in Guardians of the Galaxy, you know he's not Ronan the Accuser is a good villain, but you can take him out and put him in anybody else, he's fine. Yes, yeah. it, it would still work. You can't take anybody. You can't stick Ronan the Accuser in Black Panther and it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Michael B. Jordan's really good in it. Right. <laughs> so it's about the point of view.
1: Is it's the only case um, in the MCU where the villain is far more interesting, or is this, where the villain is more interesting than the hero? <laughs>
0: Um I, I, you know, I've heard you're the second person today. I, I would well to I would say that to every degree <laughs> T'Challa was kinda of boring um, and uninteresting and I find him very interesting, but yeah, I see what you mean. I think he's I
1: think he's one of the weakest parts of the movie. Um
0: uh
1: right. he, just, he, does, he doesn't show up in his own movie. Especially after being such a terrific badass in Civil War. He's just uh he's just like a non entity in his own <laughs> film. He gets shown up by everybody. Well, everybody steals the scene from him. Um,
0: I guess that's but part guess of that is know. just cuz there's
1: so many strong characters, but I just don't think
0: there are so many. I just don't think
1: he yeah. um he doesn't he just can't compete. It's a, it's a, it's, okay, it's yeah, a it does seem more way. like a king than he does.
0: That's, that's we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I
1: I um I agree with everything you said about uh Killmonger. I um I disqualified him, though, on two grounds. One is he's part of the... So everybody talks about how Marvel movies are mostly about getting glowing MacGuffins. Mm -hmm. The other pattern in Marvel movies that bothers me is um, the hero just faces a stronger, yellower version of (laughs) themselves.
0: My God, Um, Ant-Man. Ironmonger. Ironmonger. Yeah, uh,
1: there's there's more. Um. Anyway, so I disqualified anybody who fell into that pattern. Okay. Just because I it aggravates me. It aggravates that's me. That's true. He would have been so much better if he would never put on the the Black Panther that's true I costume.
0: Was, I was disappointed when I saw that.
1: And he just becomes boring. He's boring but, from that point I forward. Mean,
0: you can see you can see the point where if if anything, that's the only one where. The two similar-looking things fighting each other looks like the the duality of of two sides of someone's thought process duking it out. But you know, we've seen it a lot, and it when they didn't have that aspect, so it did. did yeah, yeah, I see what you mean.
1: Yeah. So, but he, I mean, he was he less interesting than he put
0: on the outfit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's in. I mean, he's probably number four. All right, you're number you're number two. Oh, no, no, my number two was Loki. So. so you're number one. My number one is uh the Vulture. Ah. He's my number one. Um, I mean, so he's in my favorite of the movies. But he's also, again, degree of difficulty. Vulture was always one of the lamest <laughs> Spider-Man villains. Yeah. And if you told me ahead of time uh, that he was going to be fighting the Vulture, I'm like, man, what a shame that – all those other movies used up all the good villains. <laughs> there had to be someone he could fight. The big wheel, like somebody, <laughs> you know, like of all the supervillains, the one whose only power is he can glide. <laughs> and, you know, if he flaps his wings really hard, he can he can fly up. <laughs> um, and that's it. And he's bald, you know. It's, um, it's just like, so, but they made him threatening his costume is cool um it, the origin of the costume is cool and like the fits origin. in
0: i think the origin the... of the costume is cooler than the costume itself but yeah yeah i i, I liked the costume i, I do and then... I, I have the lego version of him i got my son the um the, the spider-man vulture van uh toy set that's got shocker vulture and spider-man and the vulture mm-hmm. lego wings are just the coolest they really are. It's so much fun to play with.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and then uh, Michael Keaton, uh, just such a Michael Keaton fan. Love mm. that he's having a renaissance. Yeah. Like, where did you go? Why did he, we?
0: Yeah, must have had a terrible agent for years.
1: Why were we not enjoying your immense talents um, yeah. for for all this time? And uh, and then just like he, uh, he and Killmonger have the two most interesting points of view. Um, among the MCU villains, you know yeah. that he he, he he goes too far, and uh, he he goes from being sympathetic, completely sympathetic at the beginning, to uh, psychotic and 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 threatening at yeah. the end. Even when he doesn't have his costume, you know, oh. You still you feel you fear for Peter Parker when it's just Peter Toomes or what's it, Adrian uh, Toomes, Adrian Toomes with no gear or anything or yeah. any powers driving the car, he's still threatening against the yeah, the yeah. kid who
0: could lift this car. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, did you did, – now, I, I remember – I love Spider-Man too. I really do. But I, I know and a lot of big thing about drama is to try to make – get the villain to be as close to the hero as possible to make the stakes higher. But one thing about all the Spider-Man villains – is you're like, how many of the, these supervillains in this world can be connected to Parker's family? How right. many of them love Aunt May? That's just nuts. This
1: and, is, those are the Spider-Man rules, right? It right. gets
0: crazy. So when like, oh, this Doctor Octavius just happens to be Peter's teacher, or Peter's, uh, you know, he gets to, not his teacher, but he gets to know him. It's, it, it stretches credulity, as my father yeah, would say. But the lizard is his teacher. And the lizard is his, is his teacher. So, so you think it's all these things. The green goblin happened. is his best friend. Da- it, it, the hobgoblin you know. is another friend. Right, know, exactly. Yeah. It's nuts. So I should have rolled my eyes. But when, when Parker goes, uh, did you see it coming at all that no, he was her dad? I totally should have. I totally should have. You know? totally but when it happened, I went, I, I, <laughs> I proverbially shit my pants. <laughs> I was so shocked just as shocked yeah. as Peter was interesting
1: question there was that strategic racial casting
0: I don't know if it's strategic but it worked because Mary Jane is she's not white well she's that wasn't so Mary I don't Jane. think that wasn't Mary Jane or uh, Z- whatever her yeah.
1: name is MJ they call her MJ Right? no so no
0: uh, 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 Zendaya was playing MJ Um the weird looking. Who did he kid. take to the prom? I don't remember her name. It wasn't Gwen. It was um. Okay. It was girlfriend. a new name. I, I figured it Who was an this... Ultimates thing because I don't listen to Ultimates. Yeah. Well, Ultimates. they
1: all just seem like new, new characters, kind of painted over. The old names, right? You know? Like like that. Like you said, Ned Leeds is an entirely new. Seems like an entirely new character. Um. I anyway, forgot. but you don't think that. Right, you don't think Michael Keaton's gonna be your father, is that just because right. he's white and she is not Okay. So what's your number one? <laughs>
0: uh honestly this one surprised me because oh. this one surprised me because I I don't think I can legitimately I feel like I prematurely put him at number one because I haven't seen the whole story yet. And that's Thanos. And, I yeah. put Thanos as number one. I had a feeling you were going to do that, and I wasn't. I had him number three for the longest time, just because I, I thought I haven't I haven't seen the whole thing yet, and so who knows? They could totally botch it up. Yeah, and I think we talked covered those reasons why in the previous one. Uh, other villains that I was tossing around as favorites, obviously I said Loki. I love Alexander Pierce. He's not uh, a super villain. No, but he was the villain of that movie. But he's not a supervillain. So he's he not a yeah. supervillain, right? I gotcha. So he's a main villain. I also, but... I also like Scourge from Thor Ragnarok. These are my. What did he call his two M16s? It was. Um... Oh, that guy. Okay. Oh, I don't remember now. Shoot. But yeah, yeah. so yeah, and the
1: yeah. uh, cipher uh, from the Matrix role. is like right, exactly. You got he someone who looks like Joey. <laughs> or...
0: Never thought Everybody Carl needs. Urban could look like Joey Pants But he does <laughs> Alright, so now we're going to move on to Unless you had any thoughts about that No, no, let's do it we moving on to our bottom three Supervillains This was equally hard for me In the sense that I had some definite candidates But kept waffling on Which quality More constituted the the Being worse Yeah Lots of competition here. (laughs) Lots of competition here. This is the reason to do the bottom three. Um, I'll I'll start with mine because we've already discussed. Can I do that? Uh,
1: Number three is Whiplash. We already covered him.
0: I think it's a mistake, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the cool uh, uh, Powers thing is what really depletes him because I think he's very interesting.
1: Powers costume, I didn't care for um, uh, Mickey Rourke's performance. I didn't find Mm. it that compelling. I just thought it was kind of sludgy. Anyway, okay. enough of that
0: um, My number three is also I wanted to point out, this is Wade in the other room again I wanted to point out that I said Here that only Eric Killmonger Really directly challenges the Hero's internal struggle um, I'm wrong, he's not The only one, Whiplash does That too, very Well as a construct the, the, the movie gets a little muddled and kind of Skews away from that but Tony's a war profiteer you know, he, he built many weapons of mass destruction that created untold suffering. But now he's had a change of heart and turned around. Is he really absolved because he had a change of heart? So I think that's the heart of Iron Man too. So yeah, Iron Man, the whiplash really gets right to that point. And uh, that's why I think he's not as sucky of, of a villain as everyone seems to think he is. So well, take that. Okay, I'm done. Anyway, okay, enough of that. Um, my number three is the Red Skull. Okay, uh, just doesn't work. Hugo Weaving's not a bad actor, but it just doesn't work.
1: It's very cartoony.
0: It's very cartoony.
1: But, um, but all the World War II segments are tonally kind of weird. Tonally. Yeah, tonally, in past episodes, I've listened to myself, and when I say tonally, <laughs> it sounds like I'm saying totally. Totally, tonally. In mm. terms of tone, uh, a lot of that movie is weird, but I think it's like very consciously weird. Mm. It's very con- consciously um, cartoony, uh, in that it's trying to depict another era. And right. so I just took I just took the Red Skull depiction yeah. as being part of that.
0: I think it was a very conscious choice to you know you're hiring the director of the Rocketeer to get a little bit of that vibe and also Joe Johnston also was affiliated with um, Raiders of the Lost Ark and I can't remember which capacity but so there's those two definite vibes they were wanting to put into First Avenger and so you get Joe Johnston but Joe Johnston I don't know I actually credit him on some things but I credit Evans and the writers more for Captain America working than than Joe Johnston, I could be completely yeah. wrong about that, but
1: I think it's fair. It's <laughs> Probably then, fair,
0: yeah. Because Red Skull
1: is is thin; it's a thinly drawn character. It mm-hmm. is very cartoony.
0: Um, How, I didn't hate it. However, as I said before, really jazzed to see him in Infinity War. Very, very excited. I really wanted him to show up in Infinity War, and he did. And I was yes. <laughs> so I want to see more Any suffering. Of, I want to see so, more of the Red Skull. Cause I want to see him work. You know. All right. Your number three. Uh, my number three is
1: Whiplash. My number oh, two right, right. is Ultron. Mm. I cannot stand Ultron. He really should be my number one.
0: Yeah.
1: He, even if other things about Age of Ultron didn't kind of suck, he would still, like, make me hate that movie. Yeah. I just can't. Uh, where to begin? Um,
0: he almost. He's made not my funny. List. He almost. Made he's my
1: constantly making jokes, and none of them are funny.
0: Yeah, I never thought of Ultron in the comics cracking wise. That's just not something he would do. Right, and I think I know
1: what they were going for. Is that he's somehow born of Tony Stark, and so he should somehow think and talk like a version of Tony Stark, and so we're going to cast another brat packer. And James Spader, who Ooh. kind of does the Robert Downey Jr. thing anyway,
0: while um, being more menacing. Yeah,
1: he's not menacing <laughs> though. I, you know, it's just it's just, and he sings. There's no strings on me. Like I don't know. Like there's no. It's just it's just the character so all over the place. But it's not like interesting that he loses his temper and cuts off claw's arm and then says he's sorry but then like shoots him and it's it's, like it's it's so jittery and herky-jerky um but the most aggravating thing about it and this this would when we get to moments this might be my least favorite moment if i think about it some more is uh he's in the church and uh the romanov siblings are telling their Sorry, Maximov. Um, they're telling their little backstory. Not to not to diminish that. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening, Maximov siblings. <laughs> um, and then I'll try and like to show that he's interested, or I don't know why, like bends his head so far to the side to like i'm emoting while listening to you that his like ear if he had one is practically touching his shoulder and he does that a lot but that's like the the one that sticks out the most it's like he's always like tilting his head way to the side and i don't know if that was james spader in a motion capture suit or if that was was just pure
0: animation
1: i know he's always like
0: in a mocap suit
1: it's just not how you do it. it it's just yeah. overselling every gesture. Um, there's a scene in the uh, uh, in the Wakanda arms dealer tanker where I forget who it is. He knocks someone down, and to talk to them, he s- does a straight legged, full at the waist bend <laughs> to get his his face down near their face,
0: mm. and it's just
1: like such an unnatural pose it's not threatening or menacing it, it's, it's unmotivated it's like he's always just doing weird things like that and I don't know what it is it's like he's okay he's a marionette puppet thing who's set free but he's not I, I don't know it's Like mm-hmm. nothing about that character works for me the performance the conception of it um, there's one thing the that works that he,
0: well for me one okay, thing that go. works well well two things
1: make me make me not hate him
0: one thing is I, I the the and why he why he's not lower on my list like I moved him up because there are some moments where he surmises a lot of the Avengers down to a sentence that they can't deny and it stops them in their tracks. I think it's pretty cool, like when Captain America's challenging him about being a psychopath <laughs> trying to just you know does not not living up to the spirit of your ideal and he says oh come on captain you're you're me you a man who always talks of peace but doesn't know what to do when there's not a war and it stops him in his tracks and he's because he's right Mm -hmm. you know and so like cap doesn't know what to do with himself when there isn't a war when there isn't a fight and and he has those moments that i think are so critical to the world to the, the the mcu or the characters that it's hard for me not to 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 like that, but yeah, as a, I don't understand him as a robot or as an AI doing any of the things he's doing. And when something should be very simple, just the that whole nomad approach of, well, if I've got to protect the world, the biggest threat to the world, if I protect the humans, the biggest threat to humans are themselves. So we got to take them all out. That the the clean logic of it should be terrifying, right? And and while I like the idea of a computer having these emotional flaws built into him of Tony and the whole father son kind of thing, uh, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And also, yeah. Joss Whedon was quoted saying, well, the sequel we knew from the beginning had to be Ultron. It just had to be Ultron. And after seeing the movie, I'm like, and then seeing Infinity War, it's like, why? Why did it have to be Ultron? It seems like the first and the third movie are one story. That seems to be your story. Why did we stop in the (laughs) middle to do this insane robot thing? But But I do value... The problem with Ultron, the thing that saves Ultron from being, I think, the worst villain for me, is what he says, does, and implies and affects all the other characters from his creation to his destruction that all was really good just as a villain walking around i hated him (laughs) yeah i hated watching him so i do um, not
1: enjoy any second that he's on screen that's exactly
0: that's true
1: and the fights he's with them are boring too
0: yeah all the robot thing the only thing i the only part of i really liked with ultron was when he uh, is having his conversation with Vision as the last robot, the one that actually looks like Ultron. Yes. That, that is the. That's right. a good scene. That's a very that's the, good scene. But it's very, very Bergman esque in a way. Uh, also, um, on a
1: visceral level, just from the design, how it's only when he's a couple times when he's like losing his temper that his cheek. Yeah. Apertures open, and then he looks like Ultron. He's right. got
0: Ultron mouth, but only for like a couple seconds. Like, why isn't he just like that all the time? You know, I never understood why they went with when you see that aesthetic at the end of the movie. It's like, why didn't they go with that? Why did they go for the muddy transformer look? Because exactly,
1: that's the visceral part. Is why did why am I watching a Michael Bay creation?
0: <laughs> when I when uh, you guys do so much better, yeah. Um, Anywho, Ultron was your number two? That's my number two. All right. My number two was Killian from Iron Man 3. So you didn't remember him, did you? The real Mandarin. Guy the, Pierce. Guy Pierce. The Guy Pierce. Okay. So, I thought you liked him. No, 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 no. I loved Ben Kingsley's Terry Slattery as the Mandarin. I really liked the bait and switch. Yeah. I just hated what they switched him out with. Okay. You know, a lot, I heard a lot of people were very upset. Like like they didn't get their... I found this odd. Like apparently there were a lot of people who were really upset that that the Mandarin was a, 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 a fake out, a con, because mm-hmm. they wanted Iron Man to beat Os- Osama bin Laden. <laughs> and they were mad when instead of uh, Osama bin Laden, they got a white corporate American as a villain. And they were mad because they didn't get that thing. And I'm like, no, this is actually... One way more interesting and way more accurate, um, and I really don't want to see. I <laughs> don't see that in my movies right now, anyway. But um, I'm just really mad that Killian is basically the villain from the Incredibles. What was the What was uh, Jason Lee's? What was the kid in Incredibles' um, name? Gosh, the the S. But yeah, so like the the how how it should have ended, did that beautiful. Thing where Tony Stark is, is is talking to Killian and says, This is just out of The Incredibles. It's like, No, it's not. He goes, Yes, it is. This is the same plot as The Incredibles. No, <laughs> you know, I piss you off at a party. You're a nerd. You get mad. You grow up. You, you, you make yourself a supervillain and come try to take me over. It's The Incredibles. This is in no way The Incredibles. I also have a black friend that helps me fight crime. Oh my God, it's The Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah it was just so weirdly Played out the idea that that, that This little snub And also it it was one of those Other things like you need to be afraid of nerds Which I'm really Getting problem getting having a real problem With Um, I mean so yeah I love the blatant switch Hate Killian And he's the mandarin because he actually breathes fire Which is stupid (laughs) Um, Syndrome Syndrome that's right He's Syndrome from The Incredibles.
1: Yeah, I didn't like him either. I for, I kind of forgot about him.
0: Yeah, he's forget- He's very forgettable. And nothing against Guy Pierce. I like Guy Pierce. Just the, this, there's not much there. All right, you're number two.
1: My, no, Ultron wasn't my oh number God, two. Oh, what was your number I, three? <laughs> Whiplash. Right. It
0: was Whiplash and then Ultron. Okay, so you're number one.
1: My number one, it probably should have been Ultron. I had more things to say about him. My number one is uh Quicksilver. Uh Dimitri... What? Pietro? Pietro P- Maximov. I
0: Pietro
1: meant to look Marco? up his name. I said I got this I think I got this. Right. I wrote Dmitri Romanov. Is that another character? <laughs> That's
0: nobody. Is that nobody? I don't know. It's Pietro Maximov. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever.
1: <laughs> he's such a he's such a nobody that uh
0: why would I ever
1: Okay. But again, is so... he an anti villain?
0: Because he turns in the end, he becomes an Avenger.
1: He's a, he's yeah, he's a hero for like ten minutes. Yeah. Um, but when he's a villain, he's he's.
0: Uh, I don't. I hate. No. I hate him.
1: Yeah. I well, hate his Aaron,
0: depiction. Aaron Taylor Johnson's not very. It's not very engaging.
1: If there's zero charisma. His whole thing is, I'm gonna cock my head to the side and shrug my shoulders, Jew, <laughs> and then I'm gonna run over there, uh, and then I'm not gonna do anything useful with my power that where i can overpower everybody in the avengers (laughs) like i'm such a threat i'm such a threat i can cancel out all your powers except for the hulks in some way but i'm not going to you know it's like i will run and catch hawkeye's arrow but i'm not gonna go stick it into his neck i'm just gonna spook him a little bit and then run away
0: (laughs) you know yeah, yeah. And like, also, doesn't help that like you know, Days of Future Past has, an, has a Quicksilver that is I know. far superior.
1: Who's far superior? It's like one of the best superhero hero scenes of all time. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, uh,
1: that we just retreated to that, and now we have to watch this like you know, Green Day fan. <laughs> we're like, hey, I'm coming at you with attitude. And, like, there's just no – and then you find out when he – I'm watching it and I'm going, why doesn't he – why why doesn't he just do everything to everybody all the time mm-hmm. and end of this battle, you know? Like, yeah. why didn't he just go punch Captain America a thousand times in the face, right. you know? <laughs> when they're in this tanker, why doesn't he go grab all those people's guns and shoot them at Iron Man from every angle <laughs> all at once? <laughs> right. You know, like they're, he's unstoppable and yet useless. <laughs> That's right. And then you yeah. find out when he's a hero that he gets tired. And so he has to he gets tired really fast and doesn't stop and take breaks. But mm-hmm. that would have been, that would have made him more interesting even as a villain. If, yeah. like he does something really badass, but then he like disappears and you like see him have to, like, hide and maneuver away from the villains and, like, problem solve, you know, or something. But instead he's just like, eh, you know? And just, like, I don't know. No, I get that. So poorly conceived.
0: Yeah. um, Poorly
1: utilized. And he's bad enough that he kept uh, the Scarlet Witch as a villain out of of my bottom three because she's really annoyed me, too. Oh, really? What is her power? Her power is... Whatever we needed to be in this scene. <laughs> I like her a little better as a hero. Oh but, yeah. Uh, but as a villain,
0: she really annoyed me. Mm.
1: I didn't like that movie.
0: Yeah, it's 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 definitely pretty weak. Okay, your number one worst. Uh, My number villain. one worst supervillain is one I can't even pronounce, and I every time I have to look it up because I can never remember who the fuck he is. That's Christopher Eccleston's Malekith from Thor, the dark world. Ah, uh, yeah. Cause, and, and, and it's, it's not, just a nothing burger. It's, it's a nothing burger. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like Ronan, the accuser could be swapped out for anyone else. So could Malekith. And at least I'd remember, I can't remember anything about him.
1: Yeah. Ronan, not, the accuser looked cool.
0: Right. And he had a cool hammer none of it is interesting none of it is good i don't care just go back to thor so i can see some funny stuff yeah and that's just it, a bad there's problem. no
1: motivation he wants it to be dark again <laughs> i like the dark
0: yeah, they're dark elves yeah. but
1: their weapons all produce light like, <laughs> <it's>... <laughs> they should be shooting darkness you know exactly the black hole bombs were kind of cool that uh, yeah. suck everything and implode yeah. things. But they should have been black holes and not glowing blue, you know?
0: <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I just I he's my number my number one bottom just because I can never remember anything about him. Yeah.
1: Um I would put in the in a similar vein, um, the intermediary bad guy in Doctor Strange. Uh, the yellow, I don't even remember his name. I considered him for in my bottom you three. Because Mad- he's just so forgiving.
0: Mads Mickelson, you mean the, the 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 you you mean so Dormammu, you meaning being the main villain, even though we only really see him at the end.
1: Uh, okay, then the then the tertiary villain, the one you think is the main villain until you find out Tilda Swinton is the villain, and then well, Dormammu yeah, shows exactly. up. But
0: the the guy in the yellow robes with who the sunk, with the with well, the eyes, yeah, yeah. The, the, he he the didn't James... bother me so much as being nefariously inconsequential. (laughs) Yeah. He's another one of those bland,
1: like mm -hmm. swappable villains. Right. You know, with no real charisma and another yellower version of the
0: (laughs) hero. (laughs) That's true. It's very true. All right. So that concludes our, uh, Part one. Of, we didn't plan uh, it to be. We a didn't part plan one, it to be a part one. But, but just so you know, we're it. having so much fun. Let's do it again. So we. That's our top three, bottom threes of uh, of Marvel movies, superheroes, and supervillains. Coming up next, should we tease them with what we're going to talk about?
1: Sure. Let's. Uh, we're going to talk about all. We're going to talk about like little details. You right. know, what are our favorite action scenes? What about scenes with no action? Right.
0: Or very little. What are our favorite? <laughs> what are our favorite non-superhero good, non-super good guys? What are our favorite non-super bad guys? What are our favorite? Just sometimes there's just some movies. Like one of my least favorite movies has my favorite moment in it, of the entire UC, MCU. It's not even a scene. It's a moment. We're also doing lines of dialogue. Lines of dialogue, which is good because I need to put mine in there. Oh, this is this is the <laughs> one I'm most excited
1: to get to. This is where I, I like my uh, choices for top and bottom lines of dialogue.
0: Yeah, I have a lot of um, moments that are that are dialogue. Maybe I should. Yeah, for
1: moments I'm going with visuals uh, to differentiate. But, okay, yeah. all right. I'm, and, I'm uh, having trouble with the moments. That's where you and uh, your. Uh, perfect recall of <laughs> of things you have seen on the screen um, puts you at a
0: distinct advantage. <laughs> so join us next time for more MCU listing. That's what the kids call it these days, right? P- yes, it's not a listicle; it's a listicast. Listicast. <laughs> All right, so. That's our show, where can you find us on all the things? On all of them,
1: we're there, Facebook, Twitter, just search for You Watched It Wrong, you know how to
0: search. Email us at wrong at happypanic.net. And remember, if instead of burning peat moss to make your favorite libation, you burn all the ashes of Pete Parker, you scotched it wrong. fun it was fun that was much more fun three hours than i thought it would be i thought we could get through that faster but um
1: apparently we can't it it turned into a conversation which is probably good and that's what this is supposed to be is you and me having a chance to talk about movies that's right list them at each other
0: exactly so
1: thanks for doing all the editing on this sure i don't know when this one's going to be done that's fine it's just going to be long and rambling there's not don't try to fix it It just is what it is. I'll
0: do my best to not do anything. All right.